Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this After Lodge banter. Welcome to episode 285 of the After Lodge podcast. This is After Lodge Harlan broadcasting to you from the same place I've been broadcasting for... How long has this pandemic been going on now? Five, six years? Eons. It's all a blur. Joined as always by my partner in crime, worshipless producer Bruce. What up, y'all? The uh, secretary-elect of my lodge. Sir Wait, John. What? No, huh? What? Father <laughs> John. Not senior John yet? What is it? What do we... Uh, no, still yeah. seminarian John, but that yeah. soon. Getting there. Chuck is back from his... Whatever the hell he was doing in that barn. Despite your best efforts, I'm still here. Did you have a goat at your barn thing? No, but we had a boat. Oh, so I went to a... Uh, an actual an boat. I've never seen a Master Masonry with an actual boat. Hmm. Oh, okay. It took me a moment to think of the relevance. I was stuck on the goat thing. Uh, I did an outdoor like farmish degree a couple weeks ago. And I laughed my ass off when I rolled up to where they were having dinner out in like this one part of the field. I'll be damned if there wasn't a goat tethered to the fence post. Somebody just <laughs> brought. Like, that's, that's no, we, we were on the brow of a hill overlooking a low dale. We had 72 uh, people who came, uh, plus the six candidates we raised. Um, that morning, I was up at 5 30 in the morning for a council festival. Um, I went to bed the next day at 2.30 in the morning after cleaning up, and uh, it was one hell of a night, because we did everything. Those are the memorable ones. Even the thing with the feather? I love the thing with the feather. Especially the thing with the feather. Okay, good. All right. Jamie is, uh, Jamie looks a little too excited about that. Our yeah, Canadian yeah, Affairs correspondent is also here in our Brady Bunch uh, screen number three. Good day. Introduce him. Yep. yep, I was getting to it. I'm trying to trying to drag out the introductions. We we are Masons. That's how this is supposed to work. It takes less than ten minutes to introduce a guy. You're, you're kind of disrespecting him. <laughs> True. So you know you mentioned uh, Secretary Elect. Are are you aware I I filled in that position? This most recent lodge night. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I said it. Okay. Um, Have you seen my notes from that night? Uh, no, I haven't. Because I got I your feel message. Like you would not be saying it if you had. Well, that's just because you knew that I was going to have to deal with them. If, if they were notes for you, you would have also sure. done better. Let's see. No. Um, no, I, I got your message asking if you needed anything read 
um, sometimes Sunday afternoon because I was, uh, was not in the right state of mind all weekend. Um, yeah, but I appreciate you doing that, and uh, you know, you're welcome to do it again anytime. Maybe, uh, maybe in a couple weeks. Huh? I mean, as as long as you're fine with me putting in the effort I did last time, I will do it. I'll I'll, I'll fill in for you anytime you like. <laughs> Great. I'm gonna have to go forensically reconstruct the minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're there. So that's it's had to happen. Words on that paper. I had uh, someone fill in last year. Uh, no, it was the year before because last year was still this year. I think of this pandemic as just like one year, even though even though it's been almost two. Um, so before that, somebody had filled in, and I, I literally had to forensically construct the minutes by calling a bunch of different guys and asking what happened, just because the the minutes I got back were not only indecipherable but like three lines. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, "So what happened?" Well, who made that motion? Do you remember? Who no, you don't remember who seconded it. Sounds like something Bob would second. I'm just, I'm just gonna say Bob did it. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a thing Bob would do. Yep, yep. Well, uh, let's 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 be honest. The secretary writes the history of the lodge. Yeah, yeah. Or doesn't write the history of the lodge is the when that's necessary, as it has been in certain circumstances. Some things are better left not written. That is definitely what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's um so, you know, fifty years from now when the when there's a new crop of Masons trying to learn about the history of our lodge, they they won't have to see as much of the uh the hairy moles, if you will. That's what you think. They're they're just gonna it's how history works, right? You just whitewash over all of the uh unpleasantries. Uh, Victor writes the history. Yeah. Everything was fine. Everything was great. Everything went precisely according to plan. All we did was walk up years. and ask them nicely to surrender and nobody died. Until you shits <laughs> got here. Problems in masonry are unique to you whippersnappers. <laughs> you can see we never had any before now. So I don't know what you're doing wrong. There was never any un disharmony at all in our masonry. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works today, right? We, we when George yeah. Washington was a mason. This kind of shit would have never happened. He wouldn't let this fly. He would have took out his musket and killed you. Except every now and again, you'll find a, an old lodge that at some point in history had a had an actually honest secretary who would record things as they happen. So I like looking at archives of some of our old lodges where you'll see that the subjects of discussion that evening were arguments over the uh, the lantern oil expense and who's who was chipping in how much to, to put coal in the furnace or whatever. And uh, so it seems even in the 19th century, a lot of lodge meetings were arguing about the cost of postage and coal and <laughs> yeah. Raising dues. That's yeah. so as much as uh as much as I hate to challenge Andrew Hammer on the uh you know the fall of masonry as, as he described it, it you should challenge him every bit you get because he's a and deserves to be 
Whoa. It's a little strong. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, brother. Tell us how you really feel, Chuck. Really. Hey, he's been like banned from like what nine Grand Lodges jurisdictions. So yeah, he can. He is not a popular guy. Hadn't heard. No, the problem is he is a popular guy. Yeah, he's, he's a demagogue. Well, he's same thing with the strongly opinionated brother with a large following. Same same with the guy up here. Yep. QAnon. Yeah, no. There's a guy up here who likes to talk about a stone that was not uh, by people from far in the past. Oh yeah, yeah. Your your uh, favorite subject. Yeah, <laughs> the stone that I want to go pee on, or ejaculate on. One of the other. One, one, one so, of the other. I'll put some. I'll put some bodily fluids of some kind on the stone for you. <laughs> You know, regardless of how it got there, Jamie, somebody put a lot of effort to get those stones there. They they cared enough to do it. Why 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 disagree? Whoever put them there is not the one going around peddling the nonsense John's got a problem with. So so peeing on the stones doesn't solve the problem. But it would make me feel good. And John too. It was clearly important to somebody. Even if that somebody was only, you know, eighty years ago instead of eight hundred. They the people who put them there aren't the problem. Unless they are. I don't actually know enough about these rooms. The stones could be the problem all themselves. It was some random dude who owned the farm, so yeah, it's kind of the problem. Yeah, but but was he running around writing the books about it? Because that seems to be what, what John's got the issue with. Not, yeah, not yeah, the fact that stones themselves. Yeah, the was. stones can exist. Their existence is not the problem. <laughs> oh, in that case. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, the guy the guy who made the stones is trying to prove that the Vikings landed here before Columbus did and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And now this guy what? is trying to say it was the Templars that wrote the stone in Nordic ruins in eighteenth century syntax. Because I guess Vikings traveled on rivers. Templars and Nords. Yeah, see? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. Well, they both like boats. They did. Um, yes, but good luck putting a galleon down a creek. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, they just went down yeah, the Erie Canal, John, and, and then it was, uh, it was, all, <laughs> it was all fine. Oh, my life. <laughs> so, uh, you had me at the beginning because I was like, "What?" But but the Vikings were here before Columbus, and then, yeah, and then, well, then yeah. it just went south. So over they were in North Jamie. America before Columbus, for sure. Yeah, they were over by Jamie. Mm. They were here. They were here. They were definitely here before. Well, Columbus. they might have been other places too. In Newfoundland, yeah, but they were definitely in Newfoundland, or what is now Newfoundland and Greenland. Yeah. And Just you know, if, they were definitely there. If you're a North Pole Viking type, you know, Johnstown, probably your kind of place. So, you know, <laughs> I, I could see it. I just don't get the, the Templar thing or the. And there'd be a few ways to get there by water, but not a whole lot of them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, Vikings didn't like walking. That's a. But you can take one of those, one of those Viking boats up a creek if it's you can. high enough. One of those longboats could could navigate a pretty shallow space. 
Well, right. they could, and they and they had their, of course, their landing boats too. That they're yeah. big enough to take up. You know, they'd still hold a hundred men and then whatever. There were some big boats they had for just from coming off their sea ships just to get to land. So, and if there was anybody crazy enough to, you know, lasso a moose and have it pull the boat from on land, it would be a, <laughs> It'd be a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, f- uh, well, well, you've seen the. I, I know you guys watch Ancient Aliens. I know you do. <laughs> and there's the the, no. the 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 the, the, the tombs for the giants, right? Hey, they yeah. they were around with the Vikings, so who knows? Maybe the giants just walked up to Moose and like peed on him and said, "Hey, pick up this thing, hey, walk we'll it down there." <laughs> Because you know the old the old giant Vikings sound like Canadians. I'm just telling picturing you, a bunch of Templar Vikings cracking the whip on a sled team of moose <laughs> pulling these stones across the across the glacier. Because we want people to know we were here. Right. Uh, oh, never mind the fact that there's not a native tribe that has an oral history anywhere within you know 400 miles that point out that they were. I don't know. I'm not a geologist. I just, you know, study Native American history. Someone call Randy Moore. (laughs) Well, yeah, we don't, we don't have anything like that here. So um... I live on a sandbar. We don't have many stones. Yeah. (laughs) So we've, we've got, uh... they're just tiny. Well, see, the whole island is probably made from one big sandstone that's kind of broken down over time because that's that's all we are. That's, I mean, that's I what she said. Talking more about the sand. <laughs> we uh, uh, we don't have any of that kind of stuff here in in good after lodge country. Uh, our our ancestors came and you know skewered all the natives and anything that might have stood the test of time was burned or knocked down or otherwise erased shattered from the natural record because Jesus ain't say that. And, Mm. uh, yeah, that's, um, so we, we don't have cool, cool rune stones that date back to whenever we got, uh, I think there's some carvings on some, some Creek stones out in a national forest that, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. They're not even cool. They're just like deer and stuff. They're just there. You know, they're yeah. a record of something, but they're not really cool. Is that... It's a deer and a turtle. <laughs> boundary. Well, no, it wouldn't be a boundary stone because natives didn't have that concept, did they? No. I guess a, lot of, a lot of them didn't have the kind of concept of property at all. Maybe. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the tribe and the other tribes around them and how they got along or not. I remember that on an elementary school field trip. It was like a big deal. It was like these this Native American relic. And then you get there and it's it's like this big creek stone and there's a cartoonishly stick figure drawn deer and turtle. <laughs> and like, oh, Woo-hoo. that's that's cool. Get back on the bus, you smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, whoopity do. I could draw that. 
Okay, that'd be, that'd be Harold's response. I could draw better than that. Why are we here? Why don't I go yeah, draw? We could take a day I off. Expecting something, feathers, or I don't know. I take a a, a white a kid from, from Amish Pennsylvania and and all the stories he was told about natives, and then you know he's gonna go see a, a native artifact, and then it's it's not. It's the best we got, and then you know everything else is. Pioneer stuff. This is the cabin cabin that uh, that Johnny Boone lived in when when in, in eighteen forty three. Yeah, that's so. Anyway, John, when I come up there, you're gonna have to take me to see these uh, these magic stones, huh? Yeah, I'll pawn you off and a couple other brothers to do that. But <laughs> John can't even go near the stones. John, he wants to see your magic stones. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, is 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 Nick gonna take Nick to take me? Is he, a, is he a big fan of the stones? Uh, Probably. you know what? I'm not sure, but knowing Nick, I, I would. I'm gonna say probably. Oh, good. So, sorry. If we, if we did a show recording at the Rune Stones. Oh, yeah. yeah, you could do you could do like a John special about uh, in Lewis Lewis Black fashion. Yeah, just me sitting in the Runestone Museum, just losing my marbles. This is bullshit. <laughs> be great. Fingers shaking, screaming, red yeah, in the like face. Glass of scotch. <laughs> yes, you need a glass of scotch if you're going to do Lewis Black. Yeah. So. Um, I just enjoy the fact that three doors down from my house is the the, the actual state of Minnesota's archaeologist and her husband, who also is an archaeologist with the state of Minnesota. And all I have to do is mention the right name, and they just go, nope, full of shit. <laughs> and just, they, <laughs> I, mean, I lose my shit. <laughs> that guy. Unhinged. So, wow. uh, you just drink one. What else happened this week besides uh, besides the hilarious failure of IT operations that knocked eighty uh, percent of the internet offline for five Facebook? hours? Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was outstanding. So many people losing their shit because they don't have Facebook. Like what the? F the world was a better place for about five hours, right? It was nice. I didn't even notice. My wife goes, um, "Did you know Facebook was down?" I'm like, "No, that's why I saw a couple memes on TikTok." <laughs> but that was it. <laughs> so I mean, I got my crack too. But you know, the some of the, the charts and numbers from that day are just—they're just staggering. Like the the amount of of internet traffic that is Facebook properties is—it's just unfathomable. <laughs> like it all makes so much sense now, and why I feel like such a social outcast from. Not being on Facebook. God, I wish I could get away with that, but I have so many other. There's so it was much hard. Onyx stuff on Facebook from events and everything else. Yep. Just getting away from it. It was difficult. It still is. Um, it it's. Do you yeah, miss it? Ain't it? Easy. Like really? Do you miss it? No, I don't miss it. It's just yeah, the pain in the ass. Because as John was pointing <laughs> out, everything's organized on Facebook. So if you want to get updates on, you know, this meeting got canceled or moved or 
this thing's going on over here. What you're you not on Facebook. Block the detractors. Just block the people who post the same crap that you don't want to see. Yeah, but... And then it's a friendly, enjoyable experience. Without I, the don't, BS. I don't have the personality type that is conducive to Facebook. Like, I just can't. Like, I know I should, but okay, I just can't. But like, I see stupid. You, you don't have, have to. to like, it. you can still have an account. You don't have to delete your account just because you don't like being on social media. Like, if you could, if, if you still want to use it for, you know, gathering purposes. Yes, yeah, but you're you're telling an alcoholic purposes. like you can still hang out and socialize at the bar. Like, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I know it's not a good idea. It's just not going to work for you. It won't work for me I'll, because I I see stupid and I have to I have to fix it and and I can't something's broken in me. Yeah, you I can't read comments can't anymore. Handle it. You can't read comments anymore. Speaking of something broken, apparently Chuck's power went out. Yeah, apparently Facebook hit Chuck because his power just went out. <laughs> well, Chuck was getting ready to start talking about uh, some of that whistleblower interview, and then uh, they they knew what was going on. Somebody somebody's watching oh, us, dude. The the yeah, watching us. The Instagram thing about uh, you know the the internal research where there's a legal standard of of negligence versus wantonness, and so if you're if you're Instagram and you know you're causing all of these teenage girls to have lifelong need of therapy and high suicide risk, etc. Okay, it's negligence. Like you should see that coming, but you know you're you're making software. We get it. You're socially awkward. It's quite another thing when you've invested all of this money and research and mental health professionals to investigate and capitalize on this phenomena, knowing what you're doing to people, knowing what you're doing. doing yeah. Anyway, that's not negligence anymore. <laughs> no, that's that's now, now you're act, in the that's criminal active. arena. Yeah, active criminal out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, like. Instagram in particular, but just Facebook's properties generally being toxic to young people, young women in particular. Have you seen the social like network? Mark not surprising is anybody. a bad person. The Very bad person. Anybody. Very bad person. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you can you can be a bad person and make products that also aren't you know destroying society. Okay, Bill um, Gates person, is not a good person. He's not a bad but, person. But he made. But How dare, you're equating him to Mark Zuckerberg, really? No, I don't. I'm not a fan of Microsoft's methods, but yeah, they're they're not comparable. But I'm not I'm no. not comparing them. I'm making the point. You don't have to be a good person. Like he wasn't a good person. Microsoft's not a good company, but they also weren't profiting on building a product to destroy society that wasn't purposely like, harmful either. Yeah. Or knowing like, or knowingly putting something harmful out there. Like, like when you're Microsoft and you see, Oh, bad shit's happening to people because of my product. There's this natural inclination that they want to fix it so they can make more money. Yeah. But Facebook's unique place. And when I say Facebook, I'm including Instagram, etc. into that, that their unique business model where that destructiveness doesn't harm their bottom line. So they don't have any reason. So they don't have to do it. They, yeah, they don't have any motivation. No motivation yeah. to fix it until uh, something legal happens and that, that they actually get caught in it. But but good luck. Because how can you prove any liability on their on their behalf? Right. Destructiveness raises their bottom line. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's that. Um, yeah. 
my my whole uh, talk at the district meeting was about that. At the the you know one hundred level of how machine learning works and why there's not an evil programmer at Facebook that did this intentionally. It's just kind of how it worked out. But it's you how built, it's how it evolved. Yeah. You built a machine to to capitalize on human nature, and it just turns out that as humans, human nature sucks. Terrible people. Yeah. We're we're awful, uh, and it makes a lot of money. Things that also as complicated as we think they are, get our simple. attention. So Facebook's gotten really good at showing you things that scare you and or piss you off. And and like you say, once you click on something once, it it picks up what you know, and it keeps showing it to you. It's it's horrible shit, man. I turned off all yeah. my targeted ads in all that type of all all my social stuff. I try to turn off all my targeted ads and all the following things. Now I get stupid ads, but it's it's watching less of what I do, not much less, but a little less. There was a lot of making money off it. There was a lot of talk around uh, the 2010 era, and there were several attempts that all failed to build a a Masonic social network yeah. because people were saying that Facebook's probably not the best place for us to be. And then probably not. the response from other people, I was one of them. You're wasting your time. We already got Facebook. We we don't need that. No one's going to use that. That's Let's the thing. Use Facebook, because at the time it, it seemed exist. like a good idea, and I didn't learn that maybe that this isn't the best place to be until I started to get a good idea around 2014. the The 2016 election broke me. Not the presidential election. I actually didn't really give a shit, but. Um, local elections in 2016 like broke something in me because people on Facebook, on Facebook. <laughs> and and that was when I started trying to disengage. And in 2018, after running uh, Tony's campaign here locally and seeing my friends and neighbors and they're Not running around mentally it. nude so that everybody could see their uh, their their intellectual body fat, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like uh, maybe, maybe there's a reason we wear clothes, and I'm it's still a metaphor, right? I'm not talking yeah. literal clothes, but we have these things in society. We have like we have manners and protocol and propriety, and like the way that we interact with each other, formality. Which my wife's always yelling at me about being too formal, but I really think that was something we developed as a society. It's like clothes for your persona. So nobody has to see what you got under there. Right? Everybody had maintained this healthy distance through formality and cultural norms. That, I mean, is, it, is it really healthy though? Or is it something that the elite use to kind of distance themselves from everybody else? Well, I mean, here in the States, it was just it, 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 it's more of what puts you on an equal footing, right? When you went into the office, you know, and, and it's it's Mr. Smith and Mr. Cavill, right? Like there's you're, you're both. Okay. It's, it's hard to describe, but it, and children, you know, neighborhood kids, you know, you you had, you had Mr. Stewart, the neighbor, right? It, it wasn't John, right? <laughs> like you you wouldn't dare do that because there's a degree of separation that was just implicit in that formality, where the kids knew, like you know, John's not my buddy, he's. He's the guy that lives down the street, but he's my elder, and you know he's he's not family. There, there's a 
healthy distancing. Yeah. Okay. And people got along better, I think, when when we had those social formalities of just the way you interact with people. Like my, my grandmother not refusing to, to go to Walmart or the little country store down the street without putting on some decent attire and, you know, she'd fix her hair and whatever. Because you, you, you just, you don't go out in your pajamas. And it... it, it yeah, you do. At the time, I saw that yeah, as, you know, my grandmother being prim and proper and not wanting to look like a hobo. But more and more, maybe it's just me getting older and grumpier, but I'm like, no, that's more of that, that social formality that used to band society together. Because it was the only way you could hold such diverse people in a, in a, in a society without having them, well, do what we're doing now, where everybody just feels comfortable jumping behind their keyboard, throwing formality and civility out the window. And, and the amenity. Tearing First started down. with amenity. Yeah. Well, anonymity is, is another side of it, right? It, it's being too But even if you take that away, people still feel, like you say, exactly yeah, what you're going to say. They're just too, too comfortable because they're not face-to-face. Even right. though you know who I am, I can still say it to you because I'm not saying it to you. Yes. I'm so saying anonymity it to this is machine. one way, but the other way is just that I think that social formality also builds up that wall where you're not comfortable enough to be a complete dick to other people because you, there's that, it's not a, it's not a very thick wall, but there's a, there's a small fence between you and your family and everyone else. The, the, the old adage that, and you mentioned it, the old adage that uh, good fences make good neighbors works in the social construct as well. Yeah. And I think, to tie this back to you know our, our beloved fraternity, in some ways that's part of the the magic appeal of how Freemasonry can take all of us men from the same disparate backgrounds that we find among people on Facebook, and yet we manage, with exceptions as we've done in the pre-show and during the show, but we manage a lot better than society as a whole to get along with and respect and, and work together with each other. And how much of that is due to the fact that we've got these, these formalities, these, these civilities that are ingrained into our fraternity through ritual and tradition and just the way that we organize and deal with each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, you know, I, I address the master of our lodge as worshipful in just about every context, social lodge or otherwise, because that's, that's who he is, even though, he's my buddy. There's still this slight air of, I'm having a hard time putting into words what it is I'm trying to say, but I think you guys are getting it. That, that those kind of just manners division, right? Well, manners is, is part of it, but you, you can have manners and be completely informal too. And, and I think both about showing respect, right? We got to a point, I think, as a society where that formality had gone so far overboard to to Bruce's point where it became a tool for the upper echelons to kind of keep the the lessers in check that there was some pushback against it. And now it's going the other way. But yeah, it's it's like we we swung too far. Like there's a... There's got to be a healthy middle ground. You you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
But a Maybe lot of things do that. Some of that formality me. back. But but that's how a lot of things they have to go back and forth a yeah. couple of times before they find that happy medium. So how long is it going to take society to get there? But somewhere in the year twenty five eighty two. Yeah, we're I almost like that up here. I mean, you you guys are the ones that have the problems. We're too polite up here. <laughs> that's why. I yeah, love but, yeah, but y'all are still assholes, though. Is the thing? Oh yeah, we're assholes. Oh yeah, you know what? You'd find You're just, just many assholes everywhere you go. We're nicer assholes. That's we have the formality. That that, that could be it. <laughs> I could be a nice asshole. Yeah, I mean, you you run into a fellow a fellow Canadian who's not you know like your next door neighbor. Is it normal in Canada for you to just feel comfortable enough with that other person who's not related to you to? be the kind of dick that Americans seem to be comfortable just being to each other now. No. Like, yeah. I, mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I can meet some, like, and PEI, we're, again, we're yeah. a small, we're a small enough place that if anybody is from PEI that makes any kind of fame, it's important to us. Like, you know, he's your buddy. He's like, everybody knows who they are because it's just too small. I sent John a meme today. Um, Survivor, <laughs> 16, uh, Survivor is just PEI because it's like sixteen people is trying to survive on a desolate island. Well, that's Prince. We just call that Prince Edward Island here in Canada. So, <laughs> so like, it's it it it, it is. Like, there's there's so few people here in a sense that we all feel connected. So you don't treat some guy down the street like an asshole because you feel like you're connected to everybody in a way. Oh well, that might be the. That might be the other end of, of what I'm talking about. Right. Because people you're close to, you know, you, you're more tolerant of and nicer to because they're close to you in some ways. In other ways, you're more comfortable letting your, your ugly face show, you know, like with your siblings. <laughs> with your siblings, I, for sure. Yeah, you know, like I, I feel like I'm the, I'm the one guy besides, you know, their spouses who's, who's going to tell them when they're, when they're really messing up, you know, yeah, like that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of what your brother's for. But when, yeah. when the, the guy at work does that, that's, that's not okay. That's it's too familiar. It's too, we need, we need to remove some of the familiarity, <laughs> everybody. And I think we'd be better off and Facebook to tie the little bow on where I was going together is one of the primary means in the past decade or so that that familiarity has just spread. Like everyone just part of it's the anonymity, but part of it's just that that twenty four seven. I'm connected to you on this network thing, so I feel familiar, and I get to hide behind my keyboard because you can't punch me in the face, at least not right away. And it produces this this ugly side of people that's not supposed to be seen outside of you know your siblings and parents like it's uh i can see where you're coming from because i feel more comfortable picking on you guys when I, even when i first started the show because i had listened to it for so long i kind of felt like i knew you guys yeah as silly as that sounds well yeah, this show might not be the best example. It's a social media thing that puts people out there in there. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. They, and, yeah, I know it's a very this show is, If anything, is an example of why formality doesn't need to exist because people can coexist without it. Without it, yeah. But they, but they have to be this close for that to be right. the case. Well, and the 
the, the formality is how society, we like Harlan's right. You can't like we, we have to have a standard set of, of rules for how people treat each other. Yeah. And everybody has to recognize that these right. are here's your here's your minimals. Right. You can go above, but here's your minimals. Yeah. And it's an equal yeah. footing thing. I catch a lot of flack for this this story that I I thought was amusing because it's how I realized I was getting old. Um but well one of the ways, but my wife for some reason, still thinks it's bizarre. But I was dealing with a sales guy. This is like four years ago now. I, I wasn't much past 30. And one of the things I have to deal with in my job capacity is, you know, you, you got the sales guys, right? Everybody's trying to sell you something. And, and they've got this product that's going to change the way you do business and solve all your problems. And all you got to do is sign on the dotted line and they'll... Anyway... They, they all try these different tactics to get your attention because there's so many of them. And, you know, I've only got so many blocks on the calendar, most of which need to be filled with, you know, business that, you know, they're a big part of being a sales guy, especially in the tech world is just getting your marks attention. So there was this, this really, you know, I guess he was a young guy, fresh grad. He's trying to be hip and cool or whatever. You know, we're, we're, we're talking, and so he was gathering some information, and he was like, "So, so, what's your name, man?" Uh, so I gave him, you know, After Lodge, which is of course my legal surname, and he was like, "True." Oh yeah, yeah, I've, yeah I've but no, no, I mean, I mean your first name, and, and just without thinking, I, I, I got this weird look, Mister, Mister After Lodge. <laughs> And, and like, like, what are we? What are we friends? Is this is this a thing now? Like, you're trying to sell me something. What what is this? And and, and it didn't register with me until after I'd, I'd hung up. And I'm all incredulous at like this, like the balls on this dude. Like, he doesn't know me. This is a cold call thing. And he just <laughs> we're, we're gonna be on a first name basis now. And, and and I was a little taken aback when I shared that story with you know, more junior colleagues and friends and family. And it seems like I'm the bizarre one, but it doesn't feel bizarre for me to have thought that was bizarre. Like you, you don't know me. We've never met. Like we don't work together. What, what is this? You're a little too familiar. <laughs> yeah. Like you, and that, that was my wife's explanations. Just that's because I'm getting old. That's something an old man would say, but it just, she's not wrong. It, but it, it would you have felt odd with that? Like, well, your next question would be, do you want to come over and rub my shoulders? Is, well, is like, this what we going? Like, <laughs> and it wasn't even a face-to-face -face thing. Like, it's on the phone. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't think it would have been a thing. I would have said, you know, my last name, and then he said your first name, and I would have been like, Mr. My Last Name is Fine. And I left it at that. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, I was sort of guy. Dude, but I was I was so taken aback because of his because of his demeanor. He was trying to do that. I think it's because he is from the West Coast and that there's just a completely different culture out there. And he's trying to and like, he's trying to get into the sales tactic of making yeah, sure but he was, he's your the, first name, right? To try to familiarize. Door to door are the worst because they're like super. They act friendly, like you know they know your kids and shit. I'm like, dude, chill out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I, agree, I agree with Harlan, but unfortunately, like for me, I've always had to, you know give they they get my first name or whatever because they you know dislocate their face trying to say my last name <laughs> so i mean it's it's but it's one of those like respect things where 
you you're on a first name basis with somebody when they decide you are right like like or or they work for you right. i guess you know oh, by the way my name's hierarchy Bruce. things but yeah yeah when you're when you're like you know mr douchebag and you're like no nah, bruce is fine and you're like okay cool like, yeah <laughs> all the time but 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 the respect thing accorded there is I, I don't just assume that we're we're on like we're on a first name bait when I don't know you and we're on the phone and I'm trying to sell you something. <laughs> but that that's a West the West Coast was the beginning of the death of civil formalities anyway. And you mean I, California? Yeah, California's the beginning of the Oh, well, I mean, but are Oregon and Washington really their own states? <laughs> or is it all just California? So that's California. Um, I had to run over the map of the U.S. and I had to make sure I wasn't missing any West Coast states. Geography is obviously not Harlan's strong suit. No, I was. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of jokes there about lieutenants and maps, John. Well, uh, <laughs> I went to the wrong school to learn geography. Uh, yeah, you're no, you're correct. So, that, that makes a lot more sense now that you mention it. <laughs> uh, next time you gotta find some just ask the former enlisted guy I'll... that's uh, smart smart teachers is that that's what they teach you to do is uh find your platoon sergeant and he'll tell you where to go <laughs> all right good advice the answer find that guy oh it's it's not if you don't know the answer it's just don't just go talk to the platoon sergeant <laughs> whatever your question is speak to that guy well, he works for you, so like you know, use him. <laughs> Don't be a hero. It was, uh, it was usually the military science professors who were enlisted guys who were rendering that advice, but also it, you know, turns out they're right. I think. I, uh, funny, I had a about an hour and a half long conversation with a buddy of mine from college who's the uh, NCOIC for one of the four branches. Uh, chaplain corps for the for the reserve division. Um, so, so he's the that that sergeant in charge of a lot of guys that make really bad decisions in mass. Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense, like just intuitively, right? You're you're the you're the new guy, you know, fresh fresh in, and it turns out your right hand man's been here for twenty years. Maybe lean on him a little. <laughs> I mean, I, I did that. I did that in the law. Like you know, the, the find a paralegal who's been doing this for thirty or forty years, and, and that, that's what I did. I mean, lean on her. Like, don't get so full of your head. Like, well, I'm the lawyer. Yeah, that's great, but you know, she she knows what's up. <laughs> um, I assume that smart. Well, maybe not. My wife would beg to differ, but I like to think smart doctors do that when they're new, and you find the you find the charge nurse that's that's been there forever. I would imagine your wife would have a thing or two to say about that particular statement. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's how it's supposed to work in those kind of hierarchical professions where it's you know you've got somebody working for you who's been doing this a lot longer than you, and that's what they're there for. Like, why why are you paying them if you don't? need what they know yeah, experience and wisdom you, you pay for experience yeah. and wisdom you got the education they've got the experience the two are supposed to work together 
but there's a there's a pride thing to it. It did take a little bit of pride swallowing to when you know you realize that your paralegal knows something you don't after your six figures in debt to a law school. Who <laughs> <laughs> paralegal does not have six figures in debt to a law school? I think I think most jobs have more to do with experience than knowledge than than people are willing to admit. Oh, I, I guarantee you, most of is exactly that too. Well, yeah, I mean, it, most most of our systems have that that same structure, whether it's the military or medicine or law or whatever, where you've got these. You combine experience and education by putting. You you send the the leaders, if you will, off to college, right? So military officers or doctor, well. It's a bad example because the nurses have to get degrees too, but more college, right? It's you send these people to school and then you put them in charge of people who have the experience with the idea that somehow that's going to mesh together. And when it does it, it works really, really well. John, I'm sure you remember commanding officers who paid attention. Surely you had at least one, right? And it worked really well when it worked. Yeah. One time. I think a little yeah. too long for that. <laughs> like the one time, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> like when it works, though, it works really well. It's just getting it to work. That's a hard combo. Well, you gotta. There's an ego thing that the the former category of people have to deal with, and it ain't easy. Right. Well, for long term enlisted guys. Yeah, they'd be the guys that are like heavily deranged and mostly dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And you're the guy who's walking in on his first month on the job who technically outranks that guy, so he's not going to be nice to you. Right. <laughs> Except when they are. I, I've found a lot of the really senior NCOs are... If they catch a, if they catch a lieutenant who's somewhat open-minded, they're, they're more than happy to help set them on the right path. It's the ones who aren't that have a very bad time with those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, but then eventually maybe they learn from those folks and then they acquire experience of their own and turn into very well qualified colonels and generals and and then the cycle continues yeah all of this looks really good on paper it never actually works <laughs> oh, so kind of like communism kind yeah of like communism yeah oh that was the um that was the other thing this week. Somebody had uh, there was a thing going around Twitter. Um, some really angry. They're not millennials anymore. I guess they're Gen Zers. Posted this this picture where she was dumping out the leftover donuts and pastries and shit at her job, like into the trash can. And it was this real bitchy thing about how capitalism handles excess food. And I loved the, uh, the the commentary that followed, I guess, wasn't what she was expecting because there's all these dudes who are like, yeah, excess food is a big problem with capitalism. It's a good problem to have. And somebody else is, yeah, how communist countries deal with excess food? And it's just a black square. Like, there's there's no picture. Because <laughs> there is no excess. <laughs> right. Like, that was the, so like, you're complaining about the primary benefit of a market system is that there are excesses of things. I'm not, I'm not angry about her assertion to capitalism as an ex cop. I'm angry. She threw out the donuts. Well, yeah, that's, 
Well, I mean, we it's not I'm perfect, a simple right? Man. I really am. We've got this idea that people go hungry because we've got all this extra food and it's not getting to them. But I but you couldn't submit, get it to them. Well, I submit that the government's the reason that it doesn't get to them, like because there's all of these prohibitions on you can't if you own a restaurant at the end of the day you can't give away food unless you want to be liable for whatever happens with it. To yeah. Yeah. And that's not, not liable if you sell with, it to them. That's not a problem with capitalism. That's a problem with people trying to stick their finger in the maelstrom that is the market. Because people are generally decent. And if you've got a bunch of excess food, you'd probably rather not throw it away if somebody's hungry. But I guess, yeah. I mean, there's there's some assholes out there that would. There's always a Scrooge McDuck in every environment. But most people aren't gonna do that. And it, but yeah, if you box up all your, your leftovers and just go down to the homeless shelter and start passing them out and then somebody gets sick because they had a peanut allergy or something wasn't kept warm long enough or whatever, now you're, now you're on the hook in, in litigation for that. And so where it either becomes not legal under the health code to even do it in the first place, or you just don't do it because of the legal risk. But yeah, we I could look and see if that's the same here, because uh, I don't, I don't know if that is the same. Well, I guess I don't know, but I, I, I just can't, I, I can't see anybody saying, "Hey, you gave me some free food and I got sick, I'm gonna sue you." Yeah, welcome to the United States. Yeah, I mean that was the, I was shocked, uh, you know, being on an installation or at the mess hall on campus where it's the the military doesn't do. They have so much excess food from a mess hall, and they have to throw it away. And it's like, but you, they you can't literally even feed another army of hungry people. But there are general orders, like, you're, you're not allowed. It's absolutely prohibited. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, but again, that's not a problem with markets as a system. That's a, that's a regulatory problem. That's a so, legal problem. You right. got to make it in your. You got to make it in your civil courts. You can't sue someone for donating food. But it, that it is done. But it <laughs> gets painted. Like, it gets like, painted as that. That quote. One of my nails on a chalkboard phrases of late. Late stage capitalism. And every time, if you want me to stop listening to anything else you have to say, just use that phrase, and then I know that you have zero worth to contribute to a wait, conversation. Wait, say it one more time. Late. Late stage, stage capitalism. capitalism. Yeah, okay, just, just that phrase, okay. and then I immediately know you are no longer worthy of my time, and I'm going to talk to someone else. Um, there's other things. There's other words. You could say plandemic, and then I'm done talking to you as well. Or, That's a word uh, people say? Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Plandemic. Um, so that's the yeah. whole conspiracy thing, right? About how they play. Yeah, which, which right. I love a good conspiracy, and and, and there, You're amazing, there's, of course. there's plenty to be had with with this whole situation. Like I could sit for hours after lodge, and I have going on about possibilities, and it's entertaining, it's intellectually stimulating. But I know when you use the phrase "plandemic," that you've bitten into some internet Kool Aid, and you you're beyond saving. So I'm gonna move on to. Somewhere I can make a difference. But if someone says plan disease for social and economic change, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there, there's there's these buzzwords I've, I I pick up from Twitter, and now I use them as cues for whether or not somebody is is a uh, a worthy conversation partner. And if you there's and there that that those are phrases I use purposely as an example from both sides of the uh, the political divide because in either case it means you you've gone too far off the reservation. You're too far right or you're too far left. I, I, yeah. I can't save you. You're you're too far gone. Um but yeah, that 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 late stage capitalism thing gets thrown around like and every time somebody tries to paint or repost a failure of capitalism, every single time they're pointing out a grievance about government. Like it's almost like the government's the problem. Yeah. So, but I, I love the excess food one. That was my favorite one of the week, just because it's like, you know what? You're complaining about so. the primary feature of the system is that we have an abundance of food. That shouldn't be a problem. But like you say, that, that, that why is that not distributed or being like that government? I mean, people yeah. want like that's. Yeah, with the exception of a couple Scrooge McDucks, but but every then again, restaurant owner out there would not love to be able to load that stuff on a truck at the end of the shift and have it carried off to the homeless shelter or wherever it's needed. But it's not just government either, though. When you think about it, if part of the reason that they can't do it is because it would have caused, um, like you say, lawsuits just in case or some sort of liability, hmm. remove that liability. Or, Make sure that that person is not responsible for right. that. Like, you know what? If you're willing to take the food from someone, then you're responsible for taking the food. The responsibility right. is still on you. Right. And, then, and, and take, then, then, then what would, you know what I mean? Like, that's not just a government thing. That's also a liability well, thing. I'm okay with, I'm okay with some level of, of social accountability where just because you're, you're doing something nice for someone doesn't remove your obligation to not be careless. Right. right. There should still be careless some kind of standard, thing. but, Right, it can't be right. the same. There's but a yeah, I mean, if you're knowingly throwing expired meat out to the homeless shelter because you don't want to pay the garbage bill, that that's a different story than, yeah. oh, sorry, somewhere between here and there, you it know, someone let this drop below the 140 degrees, and yeah. you know, we goofed up and you got sick. Sorry, like that's yeah. yeah but it's like going into the forest and. Eating any mushroom or a sorority girl at a frat party, always, it's your responsibility about what you're putting in your own mouth. Don't be silly. Wrap your willy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Check the temperature before you put it in your mouth. That's what she said. So, that's very funny in the COVID what? era. No, but it's... It, it, it's Hold on. It, put this under your tongue for a minute. It's a mixture. <laughs> Just hold this under your tongue. I, I know Can I stick this down your nose? Not, I know caveat emptor is not... Just two to three minutes while it fills all the way up. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a... It's a little bit longer. There is some degree of responsibility, but... Oh, yeah. But, and it's a, it's a hard problem to solve because that, that introduces a different layer of complexity because businesses buy insurance to protect against those kind of issues, mm -hmm. except then your insurance company says... I'm not going to insure you if you're giving your leftover food away because that's too much risk for me to take on as an insurer. And then, yeah. and then it gets washed out that way. Um, 
but again, if there was no liability on the business for something they've donated to a shelter, for instance, the liability becomes on the shelter, the shelter should check the food before they send it out. And if they do, then do you know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, yeah, but that's assuming it has to, that's just the homeless shelter. Like there, I, I would like to see a world where it doesn't have to go to the shelter. It could just be, you know, if you can't, can't, yeah. outside, just here. If yeah, you can't yeah. afford food, just go by any restaurant at, at a certain time when they're closing up and they're going to give you, so you might not be homeless, right? You just might be a single mom struggling to make rent. Yep. Yep. And it'd be really nice to swing by the pizza joint and grab the leftover stuff. We actually but, did that at Kentucky Fried Chicken a few times in college because we knew they were throwing stuff out. And we showed yeah. up. Like the first time we did it, we showed up right before it closed and like, do you want all this stuff? We're going to throw it away anyway. And we're like, okay, great. Yeah. And like the next week we came back with like hockey bags. Here. <laughs> yeah. Can you? <laughs> I mean, you know, our, our first and most excellent grandmaster, uh, there were a limited number of things for which he would lop your head off for. Perjury was one, and messing with food that was intended for the poor was another. Right? There was a right King Solomon had a law in Israel about fruit that fell off the vine wasn't yours anymore. God had selected that for people who were hungry and not you. And if you were caught in the field picking up the fallen fruit, he cut your head off. Wow. Well, that's a bit harsh. Maybe a hand or well, a finger. But, but, you know, it it illustrated the, the importance. You don't right? take there, were, there were two things that he saw yeah. as vital to the continued functioning of his kingdom. Was people not lying in court and people leaving food for people who couldn't people afford it. People getting to eat. Yeah. And, and, and any civil eat. system, those are kind of two of the fundamental things you need. True. Not let people go hungry and try to have some integrity in your legal system. Uh, but how we get past it, I I, I don't know. Um, because, you know, we've got a, a government system that's been bought off maybe past the point of no return. So I, I don't even know what you do with it. Like the, the big thing with the, uh, the FDA and, and uh, Thomas Massey pushing out the, just so y'all know how much of the FDA is paid for by the pharmaceutical companies that they're regulating, or yeah, there's no there's no bias there. No, perfectly I, above board. My favorite was the uh, other favorite from this week was uh, the, I guess it was public knowledge, but no one was calling it out that uh, you know the primary sponsor of Facebook's fact checking about vaccination stuff has $2 billion of Johnson and Johnson stock. Oh, no conflict of interest there though. <laughs> like, and even if it's all on the up and up, there's an appearance thing. Like you just can't, you can't have your independent fact checker being paid by the group selling the thing that they're, they're, they're independently checking. checking. But it, yeah. But I mean, we, throwing it. interest in, <laughs> We get it. I, I mean, Snopes is bought and paid for by Democratic lobbying interests. Like it, it, it's this is how we do things. So I, so not letting people go hungry, and then that integrity in the legal system. How do we, how do we get both? That's your get both back. That's your that's your twin pillars on the porch, and I need you Masons to go figure it out and fix it while I. Hey, uh, Jamie, how are you to the resident permit, Canada? Because what? 
how hard is it to get a residence permit for Canada? Because, you know, maybe I should just move three hours north. Maybe Canada should build a wall. <laughs> we should start looking at building in we a wall start to you guys. At a wall. We'll make an ice wall, just like on Game of Thrones. Before <laughs> the refugees start pouring over. You guys would be like the White Walkers in the south instead of the north. <laughs> what Trying is... to climb a wall. <laughs> Canadian, I want your syrup. <laughs> I don't own a parka and I don't care. <laughs> Brown wall. Yeah, I saw the South Park with uh, with Mr. Garrison running the, the Trump parody where Garrison ran for president. Canada built a wall. All, all the Americans were incensed. Like, how dare they? If I want to go to Canada, I should. And, and then they were all trying to break into Canada. <laughs> the Canadians standing on the top of the wall. Like, Sorry about that, Eddie. We got a lot of really cool stuff over here, though. We don't really want to share, so... I gotta come up with a plan B. The uh, my my plan for a uh, residency permit for Panama dried up until I get a higher rating on my VA disability. Well, isn't there a language proficiency thing that comes with that too? I'm willing. I mean, I'll even learn Acadian French if I have to. No, I was just being Panama. I mean, I, oh, would. Panama. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean. Yeah. And I wouldn't have to learn French because I'd never go into Quebec. No offense, guys. Yeah, yeah Quebec or, um, you know, a lot of New Brunswick has French, but at least the New Brunswick people will talk to you in English. And if you go to Montreal, you're fine in Quebec. You know, I Actually. had a, not to, you know, be my token Canadian friend, but I had a friend from Canada in, in school, <laughs> like uh, up through early high school. And, you know, he would, mostly I made fun of him because Canadian bacon's not bacon and whatever we play, you know, young boys. But one of the things he had, he had mentioned was that when he was in school in Canada and he was somewhere in Quebec, he could get in a lot of trouble for speaking French in school. Like, is that, is that a thing? Like, is there a actual push to wow. stop people speaking French? No, not that I'm aware of because they seem to be so all about, keeping that culture and making sure that doesn't disappear and that their culture is so important for them to hold on to that they should be their own separate country. So I, I can't see that being the case, but that maybe, maybe it was, but wait, hold on. Maybe There's it was the opposite thing town? here. Well, not, not necessarily, but here we have French immersion schools where they get in trouble. For, you would get in trouble for talking English in that school. Oh, maybe he was. It was an immersion. He may. He may have been in an immersion school for English to try to. Yeah, he may have been in because we'd have that here. Yeah. Okay. That actually makes a lot more sense than whatever I concocted in my head to explain that. Huh. Yep. Yep. And we were young enough that he wouldn't have thought to explain it as an immersion. Like he had just moved here, and yep, he was just like, "Well, in my school, you know, if I spoke French, I'd get in trouble." And I, I, you know, young conspiratorial me, because young me was a lot like current me. <laughs> young you was still a libertarian. It's <laughs> it was it's like, well, damn, Canada's trying to squash out the French. I mean, not that I blame them, but it's Canada. Oh, shit. Yeah, we don't squash people out. No, we, we, we loved our natives. I mean, <laughs> nope. Jesus. Well, I was talking about the French, Jamie. The I know, I know, different. I know. But the French, yeah, they... they the natives they, are yeah. worth saving. Listen, we're yeah, all they are. 
The French, on the other hand. All I can, all I can picture is Trudeau standing at a podium saying, listen, we're all very sorry about what happened to our, our native populations. The French, those guys. But, you know, we <laughs> yeah. want to make sure. <laughs> you came here like the rest of us, you guys. You, eh? well, you came here before the rest of us, generally, right? The yeah, the French were bigger. French settlement yeah. predates most yeah most other most of think. the most of the other european stuff at least in the mid-continent i mean shit there's tons of french named places all throughout my state because yep. of the trappers and voyagers yep my uh well the our area is is plenty full of french name things uh well, I, I mentioned earlier my well yeah. my my sister to lodge played host to Marquis de Lafayette, so, you know. I just think it's so funny. You're in a place that's so entrenched with the whole background of French and yet so filled of, like, yeah. Irish and every other kind of, my kind of place. Well, because, <laughs> because as the as, as the, the English came west, the French just kind of left. <laughs> as they do. Yeah. But these weren't, like, these weren't Parisian French people. These were these were trappers, like hunter trapper types. So as the population grew, they didn't just leave because they're French and that's what they did. They they left because trapping's not so great in well settled areas. Well settled areas, so yeah, because none of them going west. Yeah, they can't move. Gotta go the where the furs are. Yeah. Uh, Nomadic peoples, those furriers were. Yeah. They they were mainly Frenchmen. <laughs> Just well, in their defense, it's hard to catch a beaver in the middle of the city unless you're really good. It depends on what kind of beaver. Mm-hmm. She only costs nope. 300 bucks. Nope, that's it. We're done here. All right. Cut the show. Bruce, press the button. No, no, no. I want to hear about this. Anybody? Oh, you got enough money you can buy beaver anywhere. You think I have a follow-up to that bullshit? No, I did that just to totally watch him have it. I feel like in a city a beaver would be easy to catch, but oh yeah, I, I've never tried. Maybe not. I've caught it quite a few in the country, but that's where I'm from. So cheeseburgers. You just got country beaver is different than city beaver anyway. Why? No, got a <laughs> country beaver versus city beaver. Oh great! Where do you no, even dig them if there's not river? Suddenly, anyway, I, yeah, I suddenly have know. big brown beaver playing in my head over and over and over and over and over again. Nope. <laughs> she stroked him all the time. Carla's <laughs> 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 just sucking on the beef to stay out of it. Some bitch tried to bite him. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, we live in Frenchtown. And uh, yeah. there are no French people here. Yeah, but that's kind of neat, though, that the heritage is there. That you ha- that you actually, oh, yeah. you know, that's kind of cool. Well, we've discussed this, like in your town, like the part that was like Irish Hill is no longer full of Irish because they all moved over to Swede Hill and all those guys. Yes, moved yeah, German. The rotation hills every couple of generations. not any Germans in Germantown. There's you got a there's that soil depletion thing where when you grow the same crop every year, yeah, you got to rotate. That's why they got to rotate. You got to have your rotation. Most farmers here are five year rotation. Grow potatoes every year. Really, what it is is we had. 
we had not, European not flight, anyway. which is which is different from white flight in that the Irish would move into an area and everybody, white, brown, black, whatever, would leave that area and go somewhere else. And then the Irish would move into that area. And so everyone was bouncing around to I mean, get away from the Irish moving into their neighborhood. I mean, we're, we're in this, you know, I get it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't live next to I'm not saying either. it's right. I'm just saying it's how it happened. You, you of all people should be aware of the anti-Irish discrimination oh, yeah. of the early 20th century. Well, well read, in fact. Yeah. 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 No, that's a thing. But again, like I said, I know me. I wouldn't live next to me either. Which is unfortunate because, you know, the Irish basically built our city also. So there's there's that. Well, you know. In, in true stereotypical they, fashion. I mean, they, they built most of America. My, my brothers work for uh, work for the gas company, and there's a lot of infrastructure restoration going on. Uh, my father-in-law does, too. And I love seeing the pictures or even seeing sometimes when you're digging up these old cast iron lines and you'll find these whiskey bottles that are just buried in the soil. Yeah. Just around the pipes because, yeah. Ah, Yeah, the Irish laid these pipes. (laughs) Uh, It was a a 10 degree rake or a 7 degree rake on that pipe. (laughs) Yeah. Thumbing it up. Kids, stereotypes aren't good. However, sometimes they're not wrong. <laughs> Although, I mean, there's a reason they became stereotypes. The yeah. other part of that is if your job every day is digging holes for gas lines, you're probably going to drink a lot. It's just so it's, a, it's kind of a two prong. <laughs> you're just kind of damned regardless i mean you see that today like you know every painter i know is also either acknowledged or not acknowledged an alcoholic i was about Uh, to say that's the that's the alcoholism pincer movement yeah Yeah. electricians (laughs) plumbers uh any any, i admire those guys for what they do and i understand why they drink so much oh painting Doing painting. They drink as oh the job their ass. You should drink more, Jamie. And their clients are usually sometimes really a pain in the ass to deal with. So I got I got two buddies that are general contractors and they're like, my clients suck. Go on, go on, go on. Actually, yeah, like How about client this like is... Latin for like hated person or something. Like, <laughs> like that. <Is> that... <laughs> Says the member of the bar. <laughs> well, I just, that's what clients are for. <laughs> if they were easy to deal with, they wouldn't have to pay you to deal with them. What? You got two different colored walls? Yeah, I'm, go, I'm going from this color to this color. Oh. I've got part of it done so far. But oh. yeah, I got very one wall left. Yeah, it is very I mean, late. I feel like you dark. should maybe drink less because it looks really blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was good. high at the time. Yeah, that, I wasn't drinking. I was in the Jamie vision there. Like your paint uh, job's all pixelated. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know. He was just really high with a very small brush, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one dot at a time. Just one dot at a time. The bong has been here, in a few man. times. Yeah, it makes painting a little more interesting. I'm not drunk. I'm stoned. 
Look at the colors. The problem is that it also makes painting take twice as long. It does. It doesn't seem like it's taking taking twice as long, but it really, really is. Also true. But then you look up, and then it's the well, next day, and you're like, well, perception <laughs> of the passage of time is this really the good. important part anyway. I wonder if the paint is dry yet. Nope. Uh... <clears throat> oh, my. <laughs> but yeah, I'm laid off, so that's what I'm doing. Got a little bit of time off, so I'll start doing the house stuff. Oh, you're another another jag of downtime? Yeah, another jag of downtime. So I got some vacation time, so I decided to use it by working. Yeah, well, that's kind of what it is, right? <laughs> I get my little get my little break from work for so many weeks, and during that whole time, all I do is work. Every <laughs> homeowner ever, ever, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I got some free time. Okay, here this goes into the house. Time to put it in the when you reach a certain age, you can't work a job and then also come home and work anymore. Like, that's no. just not a thing. Yep. Yeah, I reached that age about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Harley. <laughs> Man, that's mentally, why my weekends don't exist. I've mentally reached that age where I come home from work and I don't want to do anything else. But the rest yeah. of the cosmos apparently disagrees because... Just drink mostly your to, wife to feel that right, yeah. By, by cosmos, you mean your wife, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't watch the show. <laughs> I don't know how I handle my problem. Hefe, <laughs> let's say El Hefe, <laughs> El Hefe, Hef of like... <laughs> wow. So I, I saw the same thing. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it said heifer on it. I was getting ready to ask, like, what are you, what what heifer are you drinking? What kind of cow, what kind of cow beer are you drinking? <laughs> I thought that was a Wisconsin thing. Milk beer. Hefeweizen from New Ulm, Minnesota. Which see your your neighbors on the other side of the lake would drink cheese beer. So yes, yeah, and I I do will. I, I will drink some of their beer on occasion because I I do like it. But wait, do they actually have cheese beer? Because that was a joke. I don't know if they. I'm surprised they don't. I'm, somebody there has to. They have beer cheese, of course, but everybody oh, yeah. has that. That's delicious. A, che a cheese. I was beer. just thinking, if you swap the ratio of beer and cheese around, <laughs> you get a cheese. Spit out the soup with more beer. Put it in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a, like a, some sort of. Listen. Beer. I don't want to start having to take so, lactose intolerance pills just to have beer. If if they exist, I know where you can find them. You just need to get some Packers tickets, go to the stadium, and if this is a thing, it'll be there. You're probably not wrong. Right. You just have to have a lot of the regular beer before you drink the cheese beer. Yeah, and a lot of fiber to go in afterwards. So Because after you drink the cheese beer, it's going to block your digestive system <laughs> and nothing else can move through it. Ironically, all of a sudden you can't pee for two days because you know, you're plugged up <laughs> instead. Damn it. No, you're Double just dehydrated from the beer. There is no way you can make cheese beer sound appealing. Yeah. Well, you know, as a guy who loves... You're not a Wisconsinian. I mean, I don't I like. I really like cheese, and I kind of like beer. So, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Matt. Then grab some shredded. And I like beer cheese, panel, so, so you know it's it's just the next logical step, Bruce. I like beer and wine. Beer and no, beer, I mean, wine and cheese. Jeez, I, oh. have whiskey yeah, I was like, yeah, can't put don't mix together. beer and wine, Jamie. That's beer a bad time. That's a that's a that's a hangover waiting to happen. Yeah, oh, right better there. off mixing oh my god. 
That can work out sometimes. Beer and wine's never going to work. No. No, no, you can mix beer and liquor. You just you just got to yeah. Just got to be careful. Everything else, they will not work well together. Yeah. It's um I, I know from experience. I haven't learned from experience, but I You know you don't learn, you just know. Yeah. yeah like I seriously, I'm getting a little bit of a, just a right there a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Oh, sympathy." Thinking about all those mornings you woke up, your brain already remembers how much it hurt. It's just coming back to you now. Mm-hmm. Well, I've I've managed to, you know, the next stage in my trying to be a slimmer person is swapping out my beer stash for wine. And then I get into this habit of I'm a wino now. I drink wine. That's what I do. So I'm at a restaurant and just on habit, you know, when we're ordering drinks, I, I get a glass of wine. But then I remember I'm at a restaurant and there's all this delicious beer I can drink. But now I've got this this wine I just got. You can't waste alcohol. So then I drink the wine and then I order the beer I wanted. And then don't remember until later that I messed up. Yeah. From a I don't drink much I don't drink much wine at all. But when I do I don't think, that counts. I don't think if it has a, it's from twist, a if if it has a twisty nozzle on it, it doesn't count. No, no, it's not a twisty nozzle. It's you push this thing down. It's like a pipe. Oh, okay. So it's like a water cooler. It's even worse. Yeah, it's a wine bong, dude. I think I saw a shoulder sling on that. <laughs> yeah, you could. We got. Ah, uh, oh, I haven't seen that guy in forever, Bruce. Brother bowl of fruit. Oh man. We had a guy fruit. who showed up to our lodge. For a while, he's a cool guy, and he was hanging out with us. And at the time, it was our habit after lodge to wander over to Josh's house because he lived nearby and had a bar in his garage. Oh. And so we'd hang out in, in Josh's garage. And so he came with us, and then Josh would offer him a drink. He's like, no, 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 I got my own. And he took his laptop bag, which we just assumed he'd been carrying his laptop <laughs> in, and opened it up, and he had two wine glasses and a box of wine. <laughs> He just poured it out and started pouring the wine. Outstanding. And uh, yeah, he's carrying around wine glasses and a box of wine everywhere he goes because that's important. Because you never know. There's no laptop in the bed. Yeah, that's right. There's no laptop at all. Okay, so it was just the right shape to carry his box of wine. What do you have two door after just just in case, like? Yeah, you know, you never know when you're going to meet a woman and, and oh, want to have a drink. <laughs> well, no, he was coming to lodge, and I, he was he offered everyone wine, but we that was one of the nights where we knew better, and you know, we'd all been drinking Josh's Pabst Blue Ribbon, so nobody was going to touch any wine or anything else. Yeah, <laughs> well, we we had to drink all the PBR because that's where we got the bottle caps with the with the cards on them because we mm-hmm. were playing cards with the bottle caps. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, those were the days. You know how, like, wait, it, wait, if cheese in the grocery store is low enough quality, they're not allowed to call it cheese. It's like pasteurized, processed cheese food cheese or cheese product or something yep. like that. I feel like if wine comes in a box, they shouldn't be allowed to call it wine. But it's <laughs> the same wine that's in the product or something like that. But it's the same wine that comes in the bottle. It's just in a bag. It is exactly all fortified fruit content. It's wine, it should have some more respect for itself. <laughs> I want to get pictures along the What is this, milk in third grade? 
It's just going to say, like, compressed <laughs> grape sweepings. <laughs> there you go. Compressed grape, grape sweepings. Leadings. Grape pressings. I don't know, because I've, uh, I've seen cocktails that come in the little Capri Sun containers. Like, oh, yeah, it's raw and stuff. That's true. Um, our, our food guy, I think he had some one year at, at one of our events. They were like little box cocktails. like They were like juice boxes. It even tells me this is five and a little bit more bottles. So, I mean, it tells you how many bottles it is. It, it, it's bottles. <laughs> a grown man just buys bottles, Jamie. Not five and a little bit more than one bottles in a box. I'm sorry, in a bag in a box. In a bag in a box. It's kind of like our milk. Our milk is in bags. So it's in a wine, wine skin. In it's a wine skin. It's a wine skin, exactly. It's a plastic wine skin. And for convenience, it's put into a cardboard container. <laughs> yeah, wine skins are supposed to be leather, Jamie. There's something to be said for efficiency, Bruce. I mean, they, they... Bruce, we've moved away from leather things to carry drink and wine and water and everything a long time no, ago. No, we've moved we've... away from plastic things. No, we're we're like going to get the microplastics. going backwards again. We're going to start skinning animals and making wine skins and the, the leather. The microplastics are an important part of the flavoring. Ugh. Mm. The you know that they, Finally, they, you could say. they did not use the most stable of plastics to make your wine skin. Probably not, no. So no, that was that was made to degrade within three weeks in a landfill. So drink quick. <laughs> <laughs> it does say something about fresh for six weeks after opening on here. I think it literally does say fresh for six weeks and then after. It starts opening. leaking through the box. <laughs> The box is bleeding out the side. It's still fresh. It doesn't make it more than a week anyway. And you know, you know you've reached a new low when you're wringing out the cardboard into your glass. Just suck on the cardboard. Don't even bother wringing it out. In your cheek like a water red man. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> to begin with. Actually, maybe doing it that way, the cardboard will filter out some of the nasty shit, and it'll be better. Bruce, if we can ever make this in-lodge festive board happen, the wine has to come from a box. Absolutely. <laughs> Send me pictures. I'd have to laugh. I'd laugh hard. Well, what we'll do is we'll have it back in the kitchen where nobody can see, and then Red will be filling up like the, the fancy wine jugs oh, yeah. with the box. Right. Filling them up and sending them out. But nobody will see the boxes. Yeah. That's right. If they and then when it's over and everybody talks about how great the wine was, <laughs> then you bring out the box. The only way, then what you have to do is you have to get yourself one of those old school cans of punch and then like the old school like metal oil filter just to top it off. Like, all right, who wants something non alcoholic? Funk. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yuck. <laughs> That's just a big yuck. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is kind of like a really big juice box you had when you were a kid. You could stick a straw on the top. <laughs> you know what? You're probably not wrong. Oh, did it take you a long time to drink that, though? That's that's four liters for you Americans, a gallon of wine. <laughs> yep. 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 A gallon of wine. We appreciate the conversion rate. Uh, sure, no problem. Models and a little bit more. That's and a little bit more. And a little, yeah. Again, a little, a little bit more. I don't know why they, like, you know, it's it's a little <laughs> bit more. It's a tiny bit. It's like not even a quarter. <laughs> no, it's not even a quarter. No. Well, that's because 
They, they couldn't fit it into even liters because it was made in a country that still uses real measurements. <laughs> yeah, made from bottles that are 750 milliliters instead of one even liter. <laughs> of 1,000 milliliters. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Jamie on this one. Sorry. That, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of telling that you're buying boxed wine and the bag that the wine goes in is not evenly distributable among bottles. Like it's right. It should be four. I would, I would think if it were actual, you know, legit wine, it would be this is five bottles of yeah, wine. Because it was in a bottle at some point. Not five and eighteen right. percent it, of no, it was bottle. in a it was in a bottle at one point, so they had to pour the bottles into the bag so they know exactly how much it was <laughs> in <laughs> bottle format. That's what they do at the factory. Maybe, they ship it to Morgan have... David. <laughs> Next it's it's, it's uh, alcohol arbitrage for right there. That's the part I don't get, though. Smoking David is cheaper than the box wine because somebody made a business of just pouring the jugs of David into the box. Oh, fuck. Mark it up $2 and put it on the shelf. <laughs> oh, can you get wine like in big things like that? You must be able to get oh, that yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, how much would one of those be in Americans? I, I don't know because I've. Never bought one. We, there's a whole aisle at Walmart. We do leaders here, Jamie. What? I said we do leaders here. Yeah, yeah our beverages our, come in leaders. Our, our, yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just, whoa. <laughs> Mind blown. Everything what? except for milk, I think, yeah. generally comes measured in leaders. A, a, a two liter is the standard size for any yeah. soft drink beverage. Like, wow. Bottle. They actually call it two liter. It's actually marked as two liters, not so many ounces. Yeah, it's not like a Royale with cheese. It's actually like a two liter. It's well, that's kind of neat. That's something interesting to know. And I, I, I never thought they'd bother. More one liter water get... bottles, or yeah, funny. Well, what do you mean? We have things up here that are marked, with... but we our, our gas is measured in liters. Yeah. Like I know, I know, I know my 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 <laughs> gas. No my. Gas. My gas is measured. <laughs> my my car is a forty-eight liter tank, which currently costs me over seventy damn dollars to fill. I still haven't been able to break my children of using the word petrol, and it, it's it's depressing. I let them watch too much BBC. I was going to say your kids aren't British, man. What are you talking no. about? Where's petrol? Well, because they they it started with Peppa Pig and some of those other because the BBC had fun kids stuff and like they were really into it. Except then they picked up all these expressions, like asking for a biscuit for dessert, or when we stop and get gas, and it's like we're at the petrol station. My my love. No, um, <laughs> I may or may not have let el uh, aluminium slip more than a few times. Mm. Aluminium. Yeah. yeah, instead of aluminum. Oh, I know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> At least All my daughter hasn't started putting S's where Z's should be or adding random U's into words. So just adding random unneeded letters. We don't, we don't need to add random U's. U belongs in color. It's not I'm a random not U that doesn't belong. It belongs in it's color. It's not color, it's color. The best line I ever heard was actually Daniel Radcliffe on uh, The Tonight Show with Jay, Jay Leno, and he's talking about cooking, and he's talking about how he puts herbs in his food, and then he stops and he says, in England we say herbs because there's a f***ing H in there, 
And then he <laughs> apparently that doesn't translate for us here. You guys say herbs? No, there was a we, there was a whole yeah. family guy skit about that with Stewie's girlfriend with the uh, with the H sound. He's like, cool it's an H. It has a sound. Cool whip. Yeah. Cool whip. You passed the cool whip. The what? The cool whip. What? <laughs> say cool and say whip. It's an H. Whip. whip. Real letter. So, yeah. So you guys say herb instead of herb. Yeah. Herb and garlic instead of herb and garlic. Wow, okay. Learning new See, I'm learning new things. I do not agree, but that is what we do. Welcome wow. to the Western Hemisphere. Well, Are you even in the Western Hemisphere, actually? Before I say that, that might not be funny. You know, okay. not. Do you, like, straddle the line that divides he East and know. West? <laughs> That's just slightly this side you're of like the right, You're, like, right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Your, your backyard's East and your, your front yard's West. Is that... <laughs> Little country, little western. What? Yeah. Well, I, was, oh, I was thinking, you know, Jamie's so far out into the Atlantic that it's. Uh, I, I wasn't sure where the Western Hemisphere actually starts. It's just somewhere in the Atlantic. There's a line. Arbitrarily. Not that far out. Gosh, Cape Breton's past me. He's not on a, he's he's not on a dinghy me. floating between Greenland and Iceland. I wish I was some days. <laughs> well. <laughs> I used to be a public employee too. I understand. Get away from everybody else, the world. Yeah, Greenland, Iceland. Everyone's being too familiar with you, and you need distance. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly, I just want to be alone. <laughs> I'm gonna move to Nunavut. Ooh. I've actually, I actually got bored and watched YouTube videos about that, about Nunavut. Yeah, I, I was looking for jobs up there, like, do it, trying to see if I could transfer within the position within the company company that I'm in if I could actually transfer to none of it and all the jobs that were available in none of it you already had to be a none of it resident you couldn't <laughs> go there for the job they wouldn't they didn't like it was, was really weird I thought you know they they if well, they didn't want you coming to go that, that's kind of that's exactly it they want to employ people that are already there which I thought realized afterwards but because the employment rate's so low 18,000 of them for the capital city <laughs> You mean you mean is is there really eighteen thousand there? Well, I, I, according to Wikipedia. Wow. Which is, you know, there is no lodge. I looked that up through. I looked that up through Amity. There is no lodge there. <laughs> I would expect not. There's no registered lodge through Amity. That's uh, that's in none of it. So you know, I had you to go start the first one. That's what I was wondering. Could I get enough people together to start a lodge? Get a charter going, move to none of it, just to get the lodge going. Well, there's probably already masons there. Probably, yeah. And they just haven't started a lodge because the whole reason they live there is they want to be left alone. (laughs) 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 It's nothing but but grumpy past masters that have moved there. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it's all masons. It's all grumpy grumpy PMs that wanted to get away. That's the way there's no lodge there. Somebody comes and tries to start a lodge and they disappear. <laughs> they get disappeared. No, well, you start damn lodge and then you're going to want a grand lodge and then it's the whole reason I'm here, damn it. Nothing but like a string of uh, a rope full of just like tattered purple aprons like blowing in the wind over a cemetery. <laughs> but they can't have a lodge because then somebody will try to start a grand lodge. So they just... <laughs> no, not doing it. No purple people leaders here. Thank you very much. 
Uh, oh, wow. I almost appreciate that. I would not be surprised if there were enough grumpy bassmasters in a place to start like a <laughs> to start their own little commune. <laughs> I think we might be onto something. I, th- I think we got the new outbreak. The next big break in masonry. We're just so we just it. need to catch one of those one of those homestead tracks out in like Kansas or somewhere and. We'll just uh, we'll start our, yeah, start our, our PM colony. <laughs> and the only law is leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> the only law is don't ask about masonry. You want me to join your community? I, I don't care what you do. The, the capital city will just be back in my yearbird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're definitely on the same. When, when I was master, <laughs> that, the, the main streets, the main streets named when I was master. Now you go, you go back when I was master. Everybody's mayor. Take a, take a take look a at my year. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And stop wow. at the intersection of you're doing it wrong and. Oh. Uh, Oh wow! That great city. Everybody's everybody's mayor because everybody still thinks they're in charge. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody is in charge because no. you know they just have to leave me alone and go to the park of uh, that's the way it's always been done. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for we don't care. Leave me alone for mayor, twenty twenty two. Be a good name, eh? I don't care. Leave me first name. I don't care. Last name. Leave me alone. I, I, I should legally change my name. I don't care. Leave me alone. You probably, you probably get, uh, hmm. probably get elected with a name like that. Yeah, you probably could. Make you popular real quick. It does actually. Changing your name for a political thing is uh, it's how I know you're sincere. There's a <laughs> there's a late guy. Um, he was a little wacky, but you know what what libertarian isn't really. Um, but he was running for office in Nevada and they had a, their ballot access laws were more corrupt than most at the time. And so they would not let him print libertarian by his name on the ballot. It was either Republican, Democrat, or other. Other? Really? And his name so what he did is he changed his middle name. So when he died, he's legally James Libertarian Burns. So it showed up on the ballot as Burns James Libertarian. (laughs) (laughs) Did it, and then he got for the rest of his life to use that in arguments when somebody in our circles, as they do, everybody's accusing everybody else of not being libertarian enough. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me that shit. Libertarian's my middle name. (laughs) Literally, literally, my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. Yeah, if you don't he, like it, go change your name. He was the kind of guy that that would have been his campaign slogan. All of y'all. Um, fortunately, he didn't use that. But if you knew him, you, that was the message he was spreading. <laughs> so why do you want to run for office? To leave you alone. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I'm going to leave you alone. But yeah, nothing. Just want to leave but you nothing. alone. But nothing. You just do what you want to do. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and that'll like it make everybody happy. That is my platform. Yeah. I want to leave I'm... you alone. I just I you think that remember... might get you somewhere though. 
It did. He was quite popular as far as third parties go. Hmm. I mean, he, he made it through our presidential primary quite a ways before he lost out to Bob Barr, Bob, ah, Babar's big money. Bob Barr. The, the Bar of the Elephant? Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the, the ongoing His name was Bob Barr, but yeah, it always comes out as Babar. Bubber, yeah. He had the money yeah. and, you know, bust in delegates and did what he had to do to sweep through that year. But, uh, yeah, that was a long. 2008 shouldn't feel that long ago, John. You were talking to the antique on the show, buddy, so. Uh, 2008 wasn't that long ago. It was. It was 13 no. years ago, buddy. You don't need to disillusion or bring me back into reality. I, I, I'm disillusioned. Yeah. Hey, listen, dude. In my head, I'm still listening to Pearl Jam's Alive like it's only two years old. So, I mean. I know. Like, I, I mean, oh, hey. high school was yesterday, and I'm too old. Right. I keep thinking yeah. I'm, like, actually 29, and it turns out I'm, you know, almost double. <laughs> Not almost double. That's a bit of a stretch, but still. You will be soon. Oh. Like, and, and they think about I think about my kid all the time who's now grown and on their own and you know what I mean and you go shit they were born that long ago that's it's been twenty one years. <laughs> I was talking to my buddy like, from college. I'm like, hey, how's how's junior? Quiet with your filthy lies. My children are never growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. They'll get you. My buddy from junior or from college. I'm like, hey, how's juniors? He's like, fine. We just went to a hockey game and then went to the bar afterwards. I'm like. He's like, yeah, he's 21. Like, oh, my God. That's no. Yeah. You know, last last year for last year for their birthday, I got my 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 kid a, a grinder for their weed. <laughs> that is a loving father. That I, is yeah. the year right here. <laughs> I approve of that gift. I, my dad just got me a AAA auto membership. Versus like, you, hmm. yeah. One day I will purchase my child a grinder for their weed. Yeah, I got the new buster. I got, a, I got a new buster. <laughs> In fact, I'm gonna have to. Uh, first birthday party, Uncle Harlan's coming by, and <laughs> what's Uncle this? Just put it up till you're old. <laughs> you guys just gotta get it legal in your area. That's all you gotta do. Lobby for it, push for it. Yeah, it's not legal here because moneyed interest. It's a yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's what it is everywhere. It's all about money. No matter where you go, you got to prove to people that they can make money from it, or, or nothing will happen. Well, no, that's the issue here: is that people could make money from it, and not the people who control the. Not the people who have the money. Oh, uh, right. The people that are. Yeah, the people that control. Weed is too crowdsourced like to make something from it. Yeah. You don't need a huge amount of capital to make money from weed, and so. Well, yeah. here you do. That's the problem. Or not the problem, but the thing with here, um, I think the way it's regulated, just to get into it, it costs so much to get into it legally, to yeah. do all the legal hoops, so that you do have to have money to get started. So that's what we've done here, is the legislature has been caving. They started with the industrial hemp stuff, but they've made it so there, there's only so many licenses, and they cost enough money, and they get preferential treatment to did you back the right guy in the last race, and it's, it's a... Yeah, it's, it's what it's about here, too. Yeah. They blame it on the Puritans, but turns out generally the 
Puritans don't care as much as everyone says that they do. They're much more concerned about alcohol prohibition. Not so much out and activisting about the marijuana. Well, because maybe because you got to you got to make alcohol and marijuana just grows. That, I'd say it's a fair argument to that. It's still a man-made thing versus something that's just there. Yeah, I, I don't know their beliefs that well, so that's. A well, guess, I think it, but... it's. I don't think it's a belief thing. I think it's just out of habit. Like they've oh. been they've been warring against alcohol for so long that I, I, I don't know that most of them actually know why. It's just <laughs> it's of the devil, and it's evil. It's of the devil. That girl is the devil. And they haven't heard about marijuana in a while, right? It's not a thing that's familiar to them, so they just don't care as much. Maybe they'll start would, caring when, you know, their kids are smoking pot and meeting Jesus and leaving the church. Um, but meet Jesus. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen Jesus on pot. Well, not, not like literally meeting him, just opening your mind a little bit. To, I've never seen, I've never <laughs> I mean, seen him. a hippie, so yeah. I feel like he would condone it. That's, that's what I mean. Is uh, you know, opening your mind and that that whole love for your fellow man thing, and it's right. Why is there so much hate in here, y'all? I'm I'm gonna go to this hipster church where we love people. Jamie said, "I've never seen Jesus on pot." All of a sudden, I can the only thing my mind can picture is Christ sitting on a rock, cracking a spliff. (laughs) You know, I ooh, that's a good picture. (laughs) I said, "Could draw." Love your neighbor. Did I stutter? Because, <laughs> you know, it's shit. Three loaves, two fishes, and a bag of Doritos. And <laughs> a bag of Doritos. You better teach this fish because I am not doing it for him anymore. <laughs> no, it's more like, oh. you know, we got the munchies. We're going to need a lot more fish. <laughs> Somebody I hand me those loaves. I could turn this water into wine, but I don't know if you want to mix. God, I hope my patriarch's not listening to this episode. <laughs> oh, some heresy. <laughs> Maybe, but at the same time, I have a mistrust of anybody who thinks that the divinity doesn't have a sense of humor. So, right? It, 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 if we are have made you looked around. The- have you seen? A yeah, exactly. Exactly. Have you looked at nature? Really? Yeah. Have you, have you looked, have you looked at, at us? Yeah. And and if we are made in the Lord's image, then I mean, God have a sense of humor. Because like, hasn't humor been around in human society since like the beginning? First time a monkey threw a coconut at another monkey, and he fell out the tree, and he said. <laughs> 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 And then civilization was born. Well, you know they amuse each other. You, you know they do. Great. Pra- practical jokes. I mean, they must have existed since the beginning of human society. <laughs> uh, you would think. Maybe. I feel like um, I feel like Proto Man was too busy for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> And you're actively but, starving every moment of every day, and all you have to That's, why, that, that's why I said since since society started. Oh yeah, yeah. enough to know how to grow things. 
it, yeah, well, it was still in our brains. We just didn't understand. We just couldn't use it because we didn't know how at that point. We weren't in a situation where we could. But we still had it. I mean, come on now. You can't tell me that the, the, the cavemen weren't squishing ants and laughing, too. <laughs> uh, Destroy your coat. <laughs> you know, who knows? I'm just kidding. Yeah, throwing that out there. Or eating those mushrooms. and the, well, yeah, There's the other thing. Eating the mushrooms off the poop. Eating the mushrooms off the poop from the animals they're following across the plains. Because that's how it started. Which I, my brain still can't reconcile how anybody could, could think all of a sudden that going in my mouth seems like a really good idea. Well, here's my logic in that whole situation. They've probably seen mushrooms growing in other places like trees, been starving, and ate them. That's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. I, just... I, I think things through too balls. much. And then they start tripping balls. Actually, here's here's another one. I've I've joined a, a Facebook group for my local province that's uh, PEI Foraging Friends. So I'm starting to figure out what mushrooms and stuff around the woods here that I walk through all the time with my wife, I can actually pick up, eat, and bring home and cook. That's going to be fun. I think some of them are going to taste really, really bad, but i got to try them. Hey, just remember, you get the right mushroom, it'll feed you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Will my life just be really short? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Don't worry about the specifics, Jamie. <laughs> it's mushrooms we're talking about. Details aren't important. I've never had that delete of a reaction on that joke ever in my life. <laughs> I have had this, and I have had this. Everything is now delayed. <laughs> Touche. And on that um, note. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, watch fa watch Fantastic Fungi. It's a great documentary on on Facebook. Throwing that one out so, there. I have to put it in my queue. I uh, recently, and by recently, I mean like yesterday evening, uh, discovered Blacklist. So, really, looks like there's eight seasons of that shit. So I'm getting really? tangled up for a while. I've known yeah, about it, but good. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I've heard it was really good, but I haven't watched it yet. I had neither. I'd, I'd never even heard of it. Uh, it was one of those things where Netflix is like, based on your viewing habit, you really need to watch this. Mm -hmm. And half the time, there's some gems in there. So, gave it a shot there last night, and then I was hooked. And now, uh, now that's that's my cue for the next eight months or however long it takes me to get through eight seasons. I think I avoided it so long because it seems like just kind of looking from the outside, so similar to so many other shows. But it is. James Spader is so good. It follow Well, that, that's that's the thing. So it follows the same mold as your every other, every other uh, serial crime shows. thing out there. But the there's a few unique quirks because every show's got its own little uniqueness. But yeah, the, the main actor just, he does it so well. Whereas, okay, wait. So, is there one main actor? Is is there someone that's consistent through the whole thing? Well, I, I don't yeah, know. James I, I just started, but the the main guy at the start and in, in the first couple episodes, he's oh, blacklist. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking um black mirror. Black mirror. I'm thinking black oh, mirror. Where, where every yeah. episode, blacklist with James Spader is really good. Yes. I have watched the first four or five seasons of that. Yes. I'm sorry. My brain yeah. was in the wrong spot. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the next season of Letter Kenny to release because mm-hmm. I either have to watch like Letter Kenny or like Cosmos and nothing in the middle. I my brain <laughs> fractured. I've been watching Letter Kenny the further edition for the first season, just their their whole commentary thing. I don't know if you've seen or heard that. No. The further edition, so it's the actors doing voiceover commentary of all of the first season, all the episodes. Oh Jesus! And it's good. It's good. Yeah. Because they're not really talking about the episode. They're just shooting the shit. They talk about all the actors and things that happened during production, but they're not talking about the episode itself. It's pretty good. Huh. Yeah, that's it's on Crave. Up here, anyway. Hmm. I don't know if we get the, I don't know if it's on Hulu or not down here. Probably not, actually. But Well, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I'm most of the way through, but it's something because you you're not really watching the episode. I put it on the TV while I'm painting, and then I'll look over every once in a while if they reference somebody that walked in and they don't know the actress or actor's name, and then it's fun. Oh, and I watched, I binge-watched all of 1912, which is Jared Kiso's cop show. Oh, really? Yeah, I, there's uh, four or five seasons of it. I binge-watched it all between the last two weeks, the whole thing. It's it's really good. It's it's a there. He's a there's him. McMurray is one of the other cops in it. Um, uh, and uh, and um, what's what's the skid? Um, not not the black haired guy, but the other fellow again. His best buddy, and not Stewart. Not not Stewart, and not his guy that goes Stewart, but the other fellow. <laughs> Roll. Um. Um, he's, 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 he's the only other guy that really talks and always still has the cutoff shirt. Uh, and yeah, anyway, he's, he plays a cop in it too. There's like, and so there's like three or four people at a letter candy that are in this cop show and it's uh, a cop I show is supposed to be based in Montreal. Comedy. It, it, no, it's a drama. Like, and he does a good job. Like he does a good job. It's a cop drama from filmed, oh, supposed to be filmed in Montreal, Canada. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nineteen two. I, I would have not picked any of those guys as dramatic actors, but um, um, I wouldn't have picked them. Peanut Gallery tonight. What? I just realized that uh, John hasn't been in the Peanut Gallery. I said a couple things, but I haven't been. Oh, yeah. our friends are all here, and they're calling us out for not talking to them. Oh no! Sorry, Gareth. I'm sure that's one of them. And Matt's in there. Tiki? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Tiki's here and uh, a couple anonymous viewers. Anyway. Yeah, what was the problem, my brother? Yeah, it's too late now. You've done you've done neglected our brethren. Let's see how I, see how have, I diverted my responsibilities over to someone else. Nice. That's good leadership. <laughs> The delegation of responsibilities and rolling it downhill. <laughs> I, I dub the West Point grad. Shove it up your ass. All right. Well, oh. So Matt says his book came out. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he had written another. Oh, he was writing another book. He was. And I, I had completely forgotten because wow. I am a terrible friend. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, we got to get you back on the show so you can plug your book. So, um, yeah, we should do that. Don't know when, but uh, if you will get with our our production assistant, 
and uh, we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you on here. We can't have too many nights of actually talking about something of substance. It's we found it. Uh, yeah, that's that's drives that's, our audience. That's setting the bar awfully high. Well, we can't do substance. John, is your guy coming next week? Uh, yeah, that's what he. That's what he said. So we'll have to see, and that'll be the day after. Uh, the Grand Commander of Minnesota takes its vote on whether or not to join this giant call the conclave to hmm. pull Grand Encampment back into session and <laughs> to start engaging in Thunderdome. So, yeah, the conversation well, be will be really good because I'll have been up for like 48 hours straight because <laughs> I have to run the election. Not, I don't have to run the election, but I'm the guy who's making sure everything goes right. Yeah, but you'll be mostly dry by then, so you'll be ready for the show. Yeah, we'll all just be really, really drunk again. <laughs> so Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. Typical. Yeah, we're creatures of habit. I hate to disappoint our three listeners. <laughs> the three listeners and Harlan's wife. I wonder if my wife. I wonder if my wife is sneaking on and listening. I'm kind of wondering. Mom's still on here. But my old my old lady couldn't give two shits less. I guarantee you, she's not one of them. <laughs> well, there hasn't been any new ones released on on you know podcasts since July. Canada Day was the last one. So, Harlan, I swear I'm the only guy in the show that does not shell you about <laughs> releases. Uh, I don't. Because I know okay. he's just going to make me do them. Well, That's right. See, I, I have the eminent interest. I, I'm like scot free and I still don't do it. I have oh, the arms reach. You know, I can complain, but nobody can put any responsibility on me. So I can arms reach and complain. Oh, we you say that. You posted in our Lodge's general Slack channel. Oh, I did. That's basically <laughs> like accepting the terms of service, Jamie. Okay, well, I did I did post them there. I have, yeah, that's so true. I will be sending your dues notice. Um, Sometimes, sure. and uh, as, long as, I, as long as I get a card, I'll pay the dues. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, <laughs> let me get you some paperwork. Magic words to a secretary. Yeah, I will happily send you a card. I'll give you two, <laughs> just in case I lose one. <laughs> oh. That's all about. No, I'm not as desperate as I traditionally am. I was, I was just going over books with the treasurer, Bruce. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this in lodge this past week, but obviously wasn't there. Um, this is the first year of solvent financial footing since I've been in our lodge. Uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about that. That we were like, pretty sure that was the case. Yeah, I mean, we're not like rolling in the dough, but we paid all the bills and we're going to be able to pay the bills before next year's due start and uh, property taxes and grand lodge assessments. And we're uh, so sometimes a dues increase when done correctly can just smooth everything out. And then your secretary doesn't have to go uh, recruiting random Canadians to get dues money out of them. Or selling overcooked bacon to the general public to pay the light bill. Overcooked bacon to the general public. Yeah, there's a mm, bacon. There's a Overcooked or not, it's still bacon. Among our breakfast crew about what is the appropriate crispiness of bacon. So extra. It depends. 
if it's going in a sandwich or on something, crispy is good. Anything else, it needs to be a little bit floppy. Yeah, well, Masonic food debates don't work that way. They're very, uh, they're very black and white. It's a very binary. You're doing it wrong or you're not. Well, actually, no, it's just, it's not even binary. It's just you're doing it wrong. There's only wrong. Yeah, That's all there is. Um, there is only wrong. But, you know, we're supposed to be doing that kind of stuff to raise funds for worthwhile causes, not to pay for our clubhouse's utility bills. So I'm glad that we are finally in a place where a bunch of grown men are paying our own bills and our fundraisers are, you know, fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So how long it stays that way, I don't know, but I'm I'm excited to because uh, normally this time of year, you know, part of my traditional role as secretary is to start trying to figure out where the money's going to come from to, <laughs> to keep the place afloat. And usually the answer is we're going to borrow from next year's deuce as they start coming in, <laughs> which works really well. It's a very congressional way of doing business. Except uh, then next year comes and <laughs> works for the government. We can do it too. Uh, yes. We did discuss briefly, Harlan, that we need to specifically our bylaws. And that process takes, you know, like six months. So I guess we should kiss. So we worked out tonight, finally, after quite a few discussions, that we have. X amount of dollars a year as a lodge in expenses and X amount of dollars in dues and they are now not level. <laughs> so I know we've discussed raising our dues and like decided we were going to do it, but it's a long process, man. I didn't realize how long a process it is. Like we have to do this meeting, then this meeting puts it in the minutes for this meeting. It has to go into another meeting and then it has to go to our grand lodge and the grand lodge has to approve us raising our dues. It could take a year just to get that done. Yeah. It seems I mean, so odd. The same way. Yeah. Really? It just seems yeah. so backwards. It's our dues. So, if we as a group decide to change it, then we should be able to change it. Anyway, that's my call. In my my opinions. Yeah. You just have to chalk out a year to get the shit done. Because that's yeah. kind of how it is here, too. Yeah. Oh, well. They, I mean, it just means you give them more money next year because they're you're, you're getting more. They get a percentage, right? Yeah, you know, there's it's well, no. I mean, our 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 per annum stuff is fixed. It's the same cost per member per mason per member. Yeah, yeah I think ours is too. large. probably so, yeah. We did it the other way around, so we fixed our dues to Grand Lodge assessments. So there are a multiple of whatever the Grand Lodge rate is. So oh, that's we a never have idea. to raise dues again because we know if there's one thing you can rest assured of, it's that the Grand Lodge is going to jack assessments in the future. And so our dues will just go up on their own. That's a nice idea. We can blame idea. the Grand Lodge when our membership gets angry. So it was a nice little uh, way to hopefully that avoid idea. having a dues lawyer? fight down the road. Actually, it wasn't my idea. It was, uh, it was a very senior member of our lodge who conceived the idea. It's actually a really good idea. And, then uh, it removes that whole discussion ever again, too, right? Yep. Well, it gives you more reasons that when your dues jump, you more reasons to put yeah. your finger at Grand Lodge and scream instead of... Yeah, because Grand Lodge is transient. It's going to be different next year. 
I'm going to be stuck here. So, <laughs> yep. With these men, with these masons, every year for the next X <laughs> amount of years. Yeah. So if I can get sit in his seat and go, plus it's not my fault. Plus the, it's weird how this works in the minds of masons. So Grand Lodge is like this amorphous concept thing. It's like the boogeyman that people can be <laughs> mad at, but they don't associate that with like any individual person. Whereas when our lodge does stuff, it very much gets associated in the minds of our members with me. So if, so if I could push it off on grand lodge, nobody gets hurt. Right. Cause then it's grand lodge is an institute. It's just a thing. They don't, most of the guys who do the griping don't even know who grand lodge is besides maybe who the grand master whose face is in their, their monthly newsletter. <laughs> yeah. But they know who the secretary of their lodge is and they will let him know how they feel. Not that I mind. I can take the heat. I'm kind of a professional whipping boy. That's my chosen job in life. But at some point, it just gets old. Like, can you just vent at someone else? I don't like it any more than you do. I would love to uh, live in a world where inflation wasn't a real thing and property taxes never increased and our membership was always growing and everybody could just keep paying their $20 dues forever. Be nice. Yeah. But we live in a capitalist society, not a socialist society. Well, we we live in a central banking society. Yeah. yeah. Where every day my dollar is worth a little bit less than it was the day before. But not as less as mine, so shut up. (laughs) I don't know. Have you guys outdone us on inflation this year? I don't think actually, so. I need, to, I need to check. I haven't actually checked the looning in a while. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I will either. Tell you. If we had more. Um, so over the past few weeks, oh, I guess it has. Yeah, yeah. The dollar has gone up. Uh, so it went from a dollar twenty at the low point to a dollar twenty-five. So yeah, over the past uh, past few months, we've we've gone up five cents on you. So it was a dollar twenty to the Amer- American dollars to Canadian in March. Now it's a dollar twenty-five. So Gareth mentioned that John should open an OnlyFans. I was just thinking, you know, I'm off work. I probably could do that. <laughs> I have time. That's why my response was twenty bucks is twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny because I, I I thought I still figured you guys would outdo us in inflation. That's nice to know that you know we beat you in something. <laughs> Go Canada! Go Canada! We beat you in inflation. Yeah! Woo! Oh. Maybe I don't know if that's what that means. I think there's a lot of other factors that goes into. <laughs> Into the exchange. We still won, damn you. We still won. (laughs) Well, yes. uh, The dollar did appreciate quite a bit against the loony. Oh, shit. I'll take that win in my books. Prior to the pandemic, I think it was going very steeply in the other direction very quickly. So uh, I was thinking I might see parody in my lifetime. (laughs) We could have got this. I, I, I've only seen it once in my day when 
my dollar was worth more than your dollar. Wait, that's ever happened? Years. Yeah, it's happened. Oh, yeah. In the 90s, I think it was. Oh, I would have been for too about, young to care. For about a week oh, you know what? It happened recently. Did it? Recently? Well, not okay. too recently, but... Uh, so, in the fall of 2012... Oh, it was tw- 2012. Okay. Uh, we dropped all the way, so the low point that I've got on my record here was... 96.33 cents US to one Canadian dollar. Yep. Wow. I remember when it happened. People were changing Canadian dollars for American dollars. I did not know that. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. People yeah. Did, yeah. But I wasn't. A great time for everybody in Canada to invest in the <laughs> in the greenback. Yeah. Yeah. Which would was... turn. But wouldn't that turn it around? Like if suddenly I don't know the stock market that well, but wouldn't wouldn't a no. bunch of money being put into it suddenly turn that around? No, currency exchanges don't work that way. Oh, yeah. okay. the stock market's run on witchcraft. We all know this. That's well, yeah, but the <laughs> currency market isn't like the stock market because it's it's by its nature a zero sum game. Yeah. Whereas the stock market, you know, wealth is just created out of nothingness. Nothing. Yeah, nothingness. <laughs> like share value just kind of does its own thing whereas with currency exchanges for one to go up the other necessarily has to go down like they it's an exchange rate they they can't you know the, the dollar or the loony can't just go up forever because eventually the other one hits zero so it, it's so it's a little bit different mechanics it can't be a win-win thing uh and, and it, can't make a commitment. Nowhere. But it's it's also not a commodity like a stock is. It's it's really just a it's really just a value exchange. Like at any given point, how many of my dollars are worth how many of your dollars? And that's mm. based on all kinds of voodoo. Still witchcraft. Now, it, it would impact it though, because a lot of what it's based on is how much the other side's willing to trade with you for. I mean, it is a market. Mm-hmm. So you say I'm willing to sit, trade so many U.S. dollars for so many Canadian dollars, and if somebody takes you up on that offer, well, you've now set the exchange rate until the next offer is made and accepted. So it's, in some ways, it's the last true, real market left where it's, you know, something's actually being traded for something else. Mm. Whereas a stock, I, I you know. It's just controlling interest in something or... or well, I buy Apple and it's worth X dollars today and I traded money for that stock. Apple appreciates and I trade that stock to someone else for money. I traded at both points, but that stuff that happened in the middle, there wasn't exchanging a value happening. It was just perceived. More people are willing to pay more money for it. It's still perceived value. It's not real value. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The currency yeah. exchange rates are very much a hard. It's not perceived. It's it's real. It's a real. It's a real value. That's right. It has a real value based on gold or what have you, right? It well, has it's, a real value. it's based on the other currency. Like it's yeah. Like one's denominated on the other. So like the USD CAD exchange is one is based on the price of the other. It's it's it, it's fixed by its nature. You can't just inflate something. I mean, you can, but not by messing with, not by messing with the currency exchange. You mess with other stuff. So you, you know, you downgrade your bonds. 
or you buy a bunch of debt or do something else as a government and that'll change the exchange rate. Screw it all up for the rest of us. Yeah. Or, you know, have a failure on your GDP, raise your corporate income tax, all kinds of stuff will do it. Change the bond rate. <laughs> your central bank changes the interest rates. That, that'll do it. I think that might be the primary driver. I'm, I'm not a currency expert, but from what I've seen, that seems to be when the exchange rates go crazy the most is when central banks start talking about interest rates. Because I guess a lot of people buy and hold stuff to capture the interest difference, maybe. Now I'm getting about my pay grade. Yeah. I'm just a... I'm just a gambler who from time to time likes to make bets for or against one country versus another. Ever since I made a bunch of money doing that right before Brexit, and then I've since lost all of that money and a lot more. Try to do it again. Try to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Be, being the gambler, yeah. Maybe I'll get it this time. Chasing uh, well, that dragon, buddy. Chasing that dragon. I just I had this sense that the Brexit vote was going to pass and that the the currency exchanges were going to go absolutely nuts. So I opened up a brokerage account and set up a short trade on the pound. And I watched as my money doubled and then tripled and then quadrupled and then doubled again. <laughs> and I thought I was some kind of genius. And then I've since uh, learned better. Take the money and run. I don't know if you've been listening to this show, Jamie. I'm not really good at that. No, no, I know. Well, except for that one time I did it with Bitcoin when it was $30 and I took the money and ran. And then when you run, all the rest of us are supposed to get in. (laughs) That's that's when the real shit's going to happen. Financial advice from the After Lodge podcast. Find out what Harlan's doing and do the opposite. Do the opposite. When he runs, you get in. very good at losing money. I've got supernatural control over the market. I can move the price of any stock you want. Just by not being interested in it. <laughs> well, you want it to go down? Just let me know. I'll buy some. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh. Superpowers. So what else is happening in town? We're, uh, we're, well, my lodge isn't involved, sadly. I, I don't know why I didn't think to bring this up to the Masons, but, uh, my other community is is uh, helping sponsor a couple of Afghan refugee families who are moving into town. And uh, I not know if, John, is your town uh, taking in refugees, or have you decided you've got enough strife and problems up there? Oh, Lord. Um, I don't. I have not heard. Um, uh-huh. To be fair, I'm also trying to do my best to keep my head, head in the sand with all things news, because I just want to retain my sanity for a while longer. As it yeah. slowly slips away on its own volition, anyway. Yeah, this no. is this is the kind of stuff that like you watch the news for. Like this is this is what you want. Like you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, our city's taking in ex families and helping them find jobs and housing and whatever. And right on. But as we said, that'll be on the social media, and then everybody's gonna just completely. Yeah, I know who they really are, or or whatever, and yeah. I've got one local station that I watch because it still has, you know, like news. So stuff like that. And then, you know, local scout troop 777 is doing this fundraiser at whatever parish. And they're going to donate the money to this. Like, you know, and the local high school beat the other local high school at the football homecoming. The first 
seasonal win or what that that kind of stuff. That's that's why I watch the news. And I've got one station, one station left that actually that says, "Here's what's going on around your town." Yeah, that plays your real local news. Yeah, that's the only news that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I zeroed in on that one during the last four years because it was the only station that I could tune into and actually go for more than four minutes at a time without somebody saying something about Donald Trump. Yeah, either for or against. It's one or the other. And it's because the commercial breaks came, it seemed like, every four minutes, and then all the commercial time was was pack ads about Trump is great or Trump is the devil. And then it was back to the news. Then it was back to the news. So that was the biggest gap I could get, because every other station it was... You never got more than 60 seconds without Trump something. Wow. I guess we got a lot of it here, and we're not even in your country. So, yeah, I can see how bad it would be there. That guy has to be the most successful PR operator oh, yeah. in all of human history. If you Nobody don't else has ever managed to have their name spoken by that many tongues at that frequency for that length of time ever in human history. Yeah, if you're going not even to Jesus about, not about why you're talking about. Has his name spoken that frequently? Oh, you can't be telling me that truth. No way. No way. Because nobody not yeah. uh, well, I guess I don't know. It got to the point where the whole world actually cared about it. It did. <laughs> so well, it's not yeah. about hearing about it. There's been more imp- there's been a God a countless number of more important things than Donald Trump that the whole world's been concerned with. Hmm. Why, why I say he's the most effective PR person ever is never in hi- human history has there been another person whose name has been on the lips of that many people at that frequency over that length of time <laughs> ever. Not even close. So I'm pretty what sure guy. if you're if that's the measure of fame... Is how often oh, he's famous. say your name. He's the most famous man in history. Yeah, he probably could well, you know really be. So, uh, yeah, I and and it's it's we're we're almost a year out, a year gone, and it's still and it's still still. If you flip through the news networks, I mean, I can get by for two or three minutes now before somebody says Trump. And he keeps making himself doing whatever he can to keep himself in the news, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like what Britney Spears tried to do, but wasn't nearly as successful. <laughs> yeah, not even close. But, I mean, she... she He's going to uh, run for president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. She was treated like... I mean, I mean, you don't know what's right, what's real and what's not, right, with that whole thing. Free Britney shit. Conservatorships shit. are frequently necessary, and they are often abused. Oh, yeah. It seems like it would be. It's a simple story. Like, yeah, both things can be true. She can be in desperate need of someone else to manage her affairs and also being abused by her conservators. Like, yeah. Yeah. both of those things can happen. Yeah. It can't, they're not mutually uh, exclusive. Well, that, yeah. Not to zero back into politics, but like that's, that's the whole dilemma is we seem collectively incapable of like multiple things being true at the same time. It, Too much black and white. Yeah, like, like yeah. it could be both both things. The vaccine thing is is my classic, you know, modern 
point on that is it could be a good idea to get vaccinated and also a bad idea to have the government so involved in enforced health care decisions. Both things can be true. It's, there can be common ground. We don't have to be so binary about it. Oh, did you see Trudeau's announcement today? Uh, if you work in any branch of government, as of as of I think it's October something, very soon, tenth or eleventh, um, if you are not double vaccinated, you are laid off from work without pay. Without pay. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing that happens when you have such a strong central government. Mm. I I I have positives and negatives to the whole thing. Like I have mixed feelings on it. Yep. You know. Well, or just the fact that he can do that, because shouldn't it make you ask, what else can they do? Well, and that's when the discomfort sets in. <laughs> your mind starts wandering about, oh, no, no. wait. Yeah. Or the, uh, you know, the what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, like, every time our Congress does some brilliant thing that they want to hold out as, look what I did. And I'm like, yeah, look what you did. And. How are you going to feel when the next guy is in charge and not you and using what you built for the things that you hate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why George W. Washington, when he birthed our nation from his very loins, very loins, spanked the baby America and said, watch out for the military industrial complex. Horribly inaccurate, yet completely logical. <laughs> or the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Well, yeah, that would be the nice one. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but we didn't listen to Daddy George. And now... And now Baby George is a folk hero of some kind. <laughs> which which I'm growing more and more disturbed about. Because, you know, he's like painting portraits and popular with the hipsters now. And George Bush is cool. Which. I remember that okay. not being the thing. I No, it's a real thing. I, did, I, I thought people were pulling my leg and then I started checking in. No, he's publishing books, getting, getting praise from, from hipsters and liberals about being the elder statesman. So all he did was get older, and now they like him. Apparently, yeah. Got older. Or, or we just have a very short attention span. B. Also, it's option B. <laughs> so this this Afghanistan cluster <laughs> is clearly Joe Biden's fault entirely and alone. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with mm-hmm. the elder statesman. No, nothing. They didn't start the process long before Joe Biden ever got into power. No, 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 that wasn't started. Not, not that I'm absolving him of fault either. Like, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean, it, it was the the point of like all of us that gave them weapons to try to protect themselves. It's it's all our fault. Like, it wasn't just the U.S. We, everybody was That's, involved. In try, it's the beauty you know of a I mean? republic. It's collective fault. Yeah, we all did it. Well, it really is. We all did it. We all did it. Yeah, we all here have because, a hand in know, it, right? We keep voting for the same people and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. Insanity. Absolute insanity. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah, I guess that's the technical definition of insanity. I wanted to say something about, you know, we could go to the other extreme and just start pulling off the wall people like your prime minister, but then. 
You know what? I, I'm I'm not a big fan of our prime minister, but he hasn't. He was a change. Things are actually somewhat different. Things are different. Maybe not and, better, but different. But it's not all bad either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you you, you we, gotta. We never get to experiment with the different. It's mm. we're just gonna do the same thing again. That's and, and we're going to get so wound up about it that we cut off our friends and family and hate them so that we That's, can have the exact same thing again. <laughs> it, it's starting to happen. There's, there, we're starting to see more, like there is more polarization even here, but a different, but it's more about not political polarization. It's the whole vaccine polarization is our big thing here. Well, there, it's, it's the same, but it's all the same. Yeah, 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 exactly. They are connected. That, that incapability of perceiving yeah, multiple things being true at the same time. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like that's and that's uh, it's really the whole nuance of our craft, which I've got a whole thing that I was supposed to do on our past master's night about that, and then we didn't because no one was there. So at some point, Bruce, I'm going to be uh, doing a doing another lodge talk about that, that very subject of, you know, paradoxes aren't impossible. Conflicting things can be true at the same time. Why don't you have a brother edit it down for you? (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying it was too long winded, Bruce? Is that your polite way of saying it? I'm saying Harlan's been talking for about 50 minutes straight. And I don't know one damn thing we've been talking about. And I've been doing nothing but listen to him. <laughs> hey, hey, I tried to cut this show off like an hour ago. No, you did not. When we started not talking hard enough. When we started said, talking yes, about city otters. I was doing that cut off head motion. No, no, they yes? started talking about city otters. And I said, Go back right, and look. we're done here. And then you said no, no. And so now this is your punishment. <laughs> no, I was that's not no. I was saying no to something else. When Harlan's ready to put down the bottle, you let him put it down, damn it. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, we probably should go because this show's like two and a half hours. And if y'all are complaining yes, about me never publishing shows, there was a good 45 minutes of content in this show. There was right at the beginning, before before the city otters. And maybe if I just clip it there. Hmm. You I know. threw in City Beaver and I broke. Oh, it was head. Beavers, not Otters. That's why you don't remember Beavers, it. because it yeah. was Beavers. Beavers is the best part. Somehow I heard the Otters. Show. Don't know why. Uh, Beavers always the best part. All right, that's it. You might want to throw a dart into it. We're right. done here. Thanks for listening, guys. This has been episode two hundred eighty-five of the After Lodge Podcast. Sakes. You know what? We're out of time. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Episodes 285 and 286 of the After Lodge podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to cut this one into two part episodes. And, Not a bad and, idea. And also 13% of episode 287. <laughs> we, we have four the bottles of podcasts. After Lodge is a wine box of Lodge podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You want to find wine, you got a box. <laughs> yep. Good night, brothers. Jesus, stop <laughs> Oh, oh shit. Good day, yay.